Hello, dear listeners. This is Gerald, your Dwarven host, with a quick announcement and adjustment. In this episode, we will mention our Patreon being in the works, but by the time this episode airs, our Patreon will already be up and running. So, if you like what you hear and want to support the show, maybe even have us release episodes weekly, please check the link in the description and join our Patreon. For as little as $1 per month, you can get access to our private Discord and join a like-minded group of individuals gushing over the world of Warhammer Fantasy and other grimdark settings. Thank you for the quick sidebar, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back, dear listeners, to the next episode of Grimlore, the lore podcast for all your Warhammer fantasy and Age of Sigmar needs. Hello, everyone. This is Gerald once again, joining to learn more about the wonderful and grim, fantastical world of Warhammer fantasy with my friend and co-host, Ray Wade. Hello there. General Kenobi! How have you been? I am doing good. How are you doing? Did you manage to get all those Warpstone chunks out of your neck yet? Um... I'm actually having a nice uh, Harry Doctor pull them out, actually. He's very nice, but he keeps saying yes, yes. Uh, okay, uh, just be on the lookout for that one. Make sure he's not one of those freedom-impaired doctors. Oh, don't worry, I have to pay him. Ah, I think that's the definition of freedom-impaired, but we're going to brush over that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but this past week I was at a performance by a dwarven band called The Windrose. And while I was there, I got myself a nice little souvenir tankard to tank back to, to the tavern to enjoy some more ale. And I happened to run into this individual that actually knew us from the podcast. So after talking with him, we decided to bring him along to the tavern of his own free will, mind you. <coughs> so that being said, we have ourselves a little guest here tonight. Welcome, everyone. Astronautical. Hey, how's it going? Hello, Astro. How's it going? good what are you in for you know what i'm just gonna have to I'm, I'm gonna have to be honest i'm gonna have to be honest i was getting a little rowdy i had a few drinks you know how dwarves can get there were some racial slurs about elves <laughs> it, it got a little out of hand uh i regret nothing i was just like no to say regrets, no those apologies. rumors are not true yeah why would i regret something i did nothing wrong <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Astro did nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, so, how is it? Don't worry, uh... Astro. It was a lot better than that uh, surly night we kind of ran into and ran away from on the way back to the tavern. So, <laughs> you're in the clear. <laughs> Listen, the less said, the better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Gerald, I have a question for you. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. I promised I hid it. <laughs> the authorities will not find it. Um, Neither will the Skaven. <laughs> Apparently, we have some announcements to make. Is that correct? I believe we do. Ooh, how fun! Good. So we are getting our Patreon set up as we speak. Just learning some logistical and technical stuff that surpasses my dwarven brain. But don't worry, we're figuring this out along the way. It's going to include some nice little perks, including an invite to our Discord. 
all it is is just, you know, donate at least a dollar. It's just going to help keep the candles lit and the pints flowing because I'm a very thirsty dwarf. Hush your mouth, Rake. <laughs> I say nothing. So if you're interested in hearing us nerds just gush over Warhammer Fantasy and some other grimdark settings, maybe possibly in the future, and maybe bring on some guests and donate a dollar or two or however generous you feel like being. And uh, yeah, where you'll be in for a good time. I'm excited. I am obviously letting the dwarf handle the money because he would never lie about coin. Nope, I still have I'm still bound to that blood oath. Damn you. <laughs> I also want to thank Astro for being here because he came willingly and not because he needs to hide from the authorities. Wink, <laughs> wink. Anybody who knows me, anybody who knows me knows that I would only do this of my own free will. <laughs> not under duress at all. No, nope, I, I wasn't running from asteroids. I wasn't running from rats. I wasn't running from my own people. I'm just <laughs> hanging out there. And uh, I... while we're on that subject, hey Ray, can you deal with this chain link over here? Don't ask why it's broken up. Just uh, just throw it in the fire pit. <laughs> ah, this is fun. This is fun. <laughs> I, I love about talking about evading authorities. But speaking Isn't of that authority, quite the topic these days. Yeah, I know everyone loves a good rebellion. The revolution will not be civilized. <laughs> Anarchy for the win. Um. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I think we should actually have the opposite of anarchy today. Oh my. Oh boy. Now, as much as I love authoritarian empires like the empire, I do also like a matter of like organization and structure to, um, you know, my empire that I would find in a series that I love. So can you take a guess at what the topic will be today? Sorry, sorry, I got the giggles again. I was going to make some stupid chaos dwarf joke, but <laughs> guys, either if you want to take a guess, the only thing that comes to mind is Smurfs. I don't know what they would be called in fantasy. <laughs> ah, but... Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. The Smurfs. Yes. Oh my god! I mean, if you th- if you really think about it. <laughs> yes, because when I think of the grim dark fantasy world of Warhammer Fantasy, I think of the Smurfs, of course. The oh, yeah. Blue men with pitchforks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I think that's just called the Halflings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can paint the minis any way you want. Who's to say you can't have a blue Halfling army? Exactly. Oh, dear. oh my white God. caps. That also happens to be suspiciously pointed. I, I hate okay, that. Okay, anyways. I hate this already. <laughs> All right, and we're cutting that part out of the out of the cast. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about the Empire of Man. Oh, oh yeah. Specifically, oh, yeah. specifically though, the creation of the Empire of Man and yeah. the 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 king, the barbarian, the guy who comes in with a fucking steel chair. We're going to be talking about Sigmar <laughs> and his life and how he formed the Empire of Man. Oh, All right. Yes. Now we're talking. Bring it on. Um, to be honest, though, I'm gonna. This is some badish news. This is what I was talking about earlier. Uh-oh. This episode could easily be a three or four parter because that's just how expansive Sigmar's life actually is. But because I refuse, I'm gonna be doing this in one fucking episode because we just had a two parter. Like a boss. Oh boy. All right, Astro. Hope you brought. Uh, you brought your. Uh, uh... What were those pills called? 
Listen, don't worry about what they're called. Depends what district you're in. Oh yeah. Warp, oh my warp, god. Oh yeah. Warp Adderall. There we go. That's oh, like for that. God's sakes. Once upon a time, eyes, it, it fell from the sky. It fell from the moon. It's it's exactly. all natural. I forgot. Yeah, we the made sure to steal it from the best the sky. It's free. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. who owns the sky, really? Oh dear God. And hey, it inconveniences the scaven, which they happen to like doing too. So it works. Yes, but I think if you got found with an ounce of warp stone, it'd be like being, it'd be like walking in downtown Detroit with like more than ten dollars in your wallet. Oh, it's like a third world country discovering oil reserves or something. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna die. <laughs> huh. Damn, oh maybe cough. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So I hope everyone is gonna be taking notes because again, I could easily make probably make Sigmar's life alone, like I said, two, maybe three episodes, then the Empire as a whole for like a good old four. But so there's right going to be now, seven whole episodes is what you're telling me. It's going to be seven whole episodes of nothing but humans. Oh god, I love this so much. Well, that sounds like about half of any 40k forecast, so we're on the right track here. If, know, right? if half of your episodes are about humans and then, you know, the other half are about dwarves, I think you do pretty well. Uh, where do my pointy-eared cousins come in? <laughs> I don't know. What pointy-eared cousins? <laughs> they're on some island or something somewhere. Nobody needs to care what they're up to. They don't care what they're up to. Yes, this isn't <laughs> up in the high towers being so perfect and just so arrogant and just perfect. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they didn't exactly do anything perfect in the in both the next episode and like the previous episode and uh, <laughs> in in this episode currently that we're gonna go over. Well, does the previous episode the count as a dark into? elf? What was that? Sorry. Astroverse. I was just saying, uh, just from what I've heard so far, is there even much lore to what the elves are up to at all? It seems like they're safe from everything. They're just kind of hanging out. I mean, unless they leave and then, then they kind of do their own little their own little thing of not okayness. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they're, and I said they're in the previous solving problems. Ah, uh, and I said in the previous episode, the one that left was actually a dark elf, correct? Yep, he creates the dark elves. That sounds LBA. like a horrible move. Oh, uh, it's it's great, it's great. Uh, when you'll get to, when you get to the episode, um, feel free to message me because I'd love to hear your opinions on our boy. Oh, hey, I ready. actually liked him for the most part. <laughs> that says a lot. But let's get on to the lovely business of the first human emperor, Sigmar Hellenhammer. Badass name already. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's ready. Fucking bass name. All right. Now, as much as I would love to, you know, blurt on about the glory that is Sigmar, because I honestly really like Sigmar almost okay more than I actually like an Aryan and like basically any other elf, because Sigmar has such fun to him because he screams like anime character. All right. <laughs> and I kind of love that. <laughs> but before I actually talk about Sigmar, it's important that I kind of give some context to. The world as a whole, like this, the current, um, the current, you know, location, current political environment, everything that's going on. So, is it all war? Is there any hope? Um, uh, well, it's Warhammer, so there's a little <laughs> bit of hope, but we gotta get kicked in the balls to get it. Has Sigmar been sitting on a very big chair for a very long time? No, he actually does shit. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. Better than another emperor that sits on a chair for a very long time. Oh, listen, we don't need to talk about that. 
<laughs> Why do I hear banging on my door? <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. That's a uh, yeah, see, I was approached by these uh, folks in these long trench coats, and I accidentally gave the directions to your place instead of mine, so sorry about that. Ah, I, lo- I love this. Open the door! So, for the two of you, would you like to quickly look at the picture I am sending on the Discord in the art and picture section? A little uh, promotion for our Discord there if wants to join. Just saying, you can see all the pictures sent to all our guests. Yes. yes. I expect some serious artwork. Yes, it is, it is currently loading the, the other picture I'm sending right now. It's riveting. <laughs> I'm staring at shoulder Julie, pads. Julie. <laughs> ah, there we go. Wait, oh man, boy, why is, why, why is my why is my sigil on here? There's like a whole five pixels in that. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> why is my sigil on this? Sorry. All right, so this low quality JPEG brought to you by Gerald. Ah, I promise my artwork is better than this. <laughs> I can confirm. Oh my fuck! <laughs> Look, it's 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 literally a picture of the map, the world map, just zoomed in really fucking close. What do you want from me here? <laughs> oh, boy. The location of the map I just sent for anyone who wants to know is a location of the Empire, Keyslip, Britonia, Talia, the Badlands, the World Edge Mountains, which is a the massive like you know mountain range right beside the fucking Empire, and then further to the east is um, the Darklands. But for the most part, this is this this map of four frame of four pixels will be kind of a little reference guide for anyone who, for our two guests who want to uh, watch along, and anyone who has the a better quality picture of the map at their disposal. <laughs> so, for reference, it is currently what would be considered negative thirty in the imperial calendar, and. The reason why is because Sigmar is coronated on the zeroth year. So this ah. is thirty year this is basically thirty years before his ascension or just before Sigmar is born. Right. And the land that is the Empire or what would become the Empire of Man is for lack of a better word, like Bronze Age, barely into the Bronze Age human civilizations. Like they're very much like small like villages, small like Maybe the very, like, minute, petty kingdom that lasts and then, like, quickly falls away within, like, a decade of being formed. It is basically, it is a very not not well-made land for the most part. It's very, it's very dangerous and very hostile. Mm-hmm. And it's actually dangerous for a number of reasons that actually include the elves and the dwarves. <laughs> Sometimes the moon just blows up, so you got something to look forward to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you get some really hungry rats. Food, food, yes, yes. Ah, yes. You gotta feed them. Um. So what I mean by the the humans were kind of not being okay by the dwarves and the elves. So because during the uh, great uh, great cataclysm where chaos invaded the world, humans naturally fell to chaos unless they were like in a very powerful civilization at the time. And because the elves and dwarves recognized how quickly humans were to fall to chaos, humans were seen as like pests that it was better to just kill them to avoid them falling to chaos. So a lot of like these villages, these kingdoms were actually like decimated and raised to the grounds by elven and dwarven like armies to keep humans from, like, ever growing too big. Hey, it's that's, not our fault that we could fall to chaos. <laughs> that's also not to mention the uh, the humans that could use magic, but because they were naturally untrained, 
they were also like a danger that the elves did not like naturally. Yeah, sensible. So there could be yeah. only one. This is the, the worst kind of discrimination. The kind against me. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. Very okay. elfish of you. But yes, so the humans actually would actually raid um elf and dwarf lands. Like if there was ever like a dwarf settlement, the humans would try to raid it for, you know, like resources, plunder. Because again, these are Stone Age fucking barbarians who are like barely into the Bronze Age. But there's actually another reason the human the elves and the dwarves would actually like basically bully the humans. What did they pull pranks? Uh Pull, do wedgies, shove them in lockers. No, um, so if you look at the uh, four frame map that I sent you guys, <laughs> <laughs> there's actually um, a little land to the south that says the land of the dead. And this yeah. is actually the ruins of um, one of the greatest human civilizations, one of the most ancient, called Nehekara. Wow. And Nehekara. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fantasy Egypt. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Basically, take everything like Egypt and then like dial it up a little bit and put some like actual magic in there, and that's that's what it was. But okay, so like any rate, apocalypse. Yeah, they said a good movie. <laughs> so um, Nehekara was actually one of two um, of the first human civilizations. The second one was Cathay, which is actually like fantasy China. And what would happen is that because these two civilizations were like so powerful at their peak. The elves and dwarves could not defeat them, and so they were actually only two like um, civilizations that can actually like make them lose in fights, and like take back a land or like take land from the dwarves and the elves. And so because it was always like, oh, well, we can't beat them, we'll just go bully these guys then. And that is a genuine reason why the elves and the dwarves just destroyed some human civilizations <laughs> that were forming in what is basically fantasy Europe. So. I think, as the elf, that we should uh, forgive our ancestors for uh, these crimes and place no blame on us because we are not ancestors, obviously. Well, of course, as the dwarf in this conversation, well, yes, yes. And we worship <laughs> our everyone, ancestors. Everyone was so jealous of our pyramids. They were such good engineers. <laughs> well, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, Rearway. You got you to clear this up for me. Are you telling me that humans, we were literally kings? Um, we we were petty kings. <laughs> I'll accept that. Okay. <laughs> I can accept petty. I can accept petty kings. <laughs> um, Say your next words very carefully, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was the orcs? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Um, because on top of being ganged up by the elves and the dwarves, the humans are also being attacked by the orcs. Yeah, that's that's the beast. As you do. Oh, and also beastmen. Oh. All right. That's just not I'll a good time. I'll wait for the beastmen episode. I'm sure that's a real fun time. Uh, well, it, there's actually not. It's gonna be like a five minute one. Uh, beastmen oh. are human animals. The end. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> wow, shortest that episode really ever. Fun. All right, that's, that's another yeah. one in the books, folks. I'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally humans were not okay in this situation um, not looking good for us no not having fun now would you believe me if i said humans are also our worst enemy oh yeah oh yeah i can believe that 
because um, the land that is like fantasy Europe actually had a number of like, like I said, um, tribes, little kingdoms that would like fall apart. But they were like smaller, like I said, kingdoms. Like, like they're more akin to like clans. Yeah. And each one of these clans like populated region. And on top of being attacked from outsiders, like from the orcs and the elves and the dwarves, and being attacked from within from the beastmen who like like populated the same region as them, the human tribes, the human clans actually went to war with each other just as much as all the other foreign invaders did attack them. It's yeah. like another human empire that we know about. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. Interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was basically the age of strife for these people. <laughs> but less um, hygienic. Yes, 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 yes. Indeed. <laughs> but yet somehow better quality of life. <laughs> how does that work? How how is that how did they end up with a better quality of life? I'm I'm talking about compared to the to the Imperium. <laughs> well, I mean, even still, you can shower in the Imperium. Can you? Do you I have mean, your appropriate tickets? Depends depends where you are, but <laughs> there's a difference between, you know, being in a universe where you need tickets to take a shower versus being in a universe where all the water is just full of orc corpses and everybody's refuse. <laughs> I mean, oh, what are you talking about? That's the, that's the cleanest that's the cleanest taste of water ever. That's some straight Please. gourmet shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> but consider though, does the Imperium have the barbarian king Sigmar. No. <laughs> no. Well, okay, they, you they make had, a fair point. They had something like it once, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> it happened one time, but I haven't seen it since. Yeah. It was one time. And then one what, time happened, was cool. what happened to the great human empire? Humans ruined it. We ruined it all over. <laughs> Why are we always on, don't you think A great human empire? <laughs> uh... Nobody's nobody's good enough to take us out. We had to do it ourselves. Ah, uh, yes, I love that excuse from Winkle's <laughs> Extinction. I'm sure the ants will remember that one. Yeah, but speaking of a completely unorganized rabble that is humanity, um, one one of these tribes that existed in this like again this fantasy Europe location was actually called the Umbrogan tribe. The Umbrogan? It's unbroken. It sounds almost like unbroken. It's kind of meant to be the origin of the word unbroken. Can the Jogan tribe? Oh my god. Really? Unbowed, unbent, so much. unbroken. <laughs> and they kind of occupied like um basically along the mountain range. They were the ones kind of near like near I think they're near the Bretonian mountain range. But in either case, they were not near the center of the of the of the empire. They were one of the basic border empires that bordered a mountain. And the leader of this tribe was actually called Bjorn. He does he still has both his hands, don't worry, he's not a giant suit of armor. <laughs> and uh Bjorn um Umbrogan was actually like one of the most like top warriors, one of the top generals. He's one of the most fierce brutal warriors up there. He's like he's known as the as one of the greatest warrior kings. And he's actually celebrating the birth of his of his um of his first son. It's not his birth just yet, but he's like kind of having a. It's basically a, a wedding. It's basically like a baby shower. <laughs> he like summons a bunch of like people from across his tribe to like don't give gifts to his wife. Like, hey, come give gifts to my wife because I fucking said so. <laughs> or else like, your head's gonna end up on a spike outside. You know, he's, he's a barbarian king. You gotta keep him in line, man. Yeah, exactly. So. 
Yeah, naturally they're bringing they're bringing his wife like you know sticks, a nice rock. <laughs> and, That's uh, a, I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. <laughs> and Bjorn is so like ecstatic by the by the fact that he's going to be giving birth to it. Like his his wife's going to be giving birth. And she confidently says that she knows it's a boy because she can feel that it's a strong, like there's a strong heart in there. And he's like overjoyed. He summons actually the uh, shamans and the old wise men of his tribe. Like basically, if you're old enough to survive, you must have like some great wisdom with you. So he's like, yes, I'll summon all of them. And so Bjorn actually summons all these wise men and like shamanistic people to his tribe to like, not his mm-hmm. tribe, but to the, to the barbarian uh, baby shower. <laughs> and he invites them all. And as he's gathering them all, he's like, yes, read the runes, read the skies. Like, tell me of my son that is coming. Tell me of all the great deeds he will do. And as they spent, you know, hours in deliberation, as they spend time reading the runes, reading the scriptures, reading the stones, looking at the stars, you know, consulting anything they could, they all kind of looked at him and gave him a single, a single, uh, very depressing prophecy that the boy will not be born, that the boy will die, and so will the mother. Yep, there's and, a classic Warhammer depression. <laughs> depression. And Beer, hearing this, kind of becomes broken. Not only is he good, not only are the, should he believe these shamans because they can you know, predict the future to the best of his knowledge, but he's led to believe that his firstborn son, his only child that is coming, will die, which will break anyone. But it's also because he's a barbarian king. If his wife died and his unborn child will die, oh, it's basically a, it's a fucking kick in the teeth to like your reputation as a barbarian king. Oh yeah. I think if your fifth wife dies, then it should look bad on you as a barbarian king. But you know that's just me. Well, let's see here. Divorce beheaded died. Divorce beheaded. Uh, yeah, yeah, that does speak badly he, on. Well, you. he can't. He can't just keep getting new wives. People are gonna run out of sticks, man. Like he can't just keep <laughs> having these weddings. Mm-hmm. You can only get so many boulders. <laughs> uh, my back, it's broken. If I cannot lift it. All right, that's it. Killer. My wife really wanted that boulder. Oh. So Buren is kind of like, you know, he's he's depressed by this. And he tells his wife and she consoles him and says that she believes that they can survive. Like, don't worry, we'll survive. We'll make it through this, you know, comforting him. And he ends up remembering that there's actually a witch that actually lives like in the forest, like deep in the forest in like unclaimed territory. But the problem is that's unclaimed territory, which means there's beastmen. There's probably like sickly cannibalistic barbarian humans who have just been like who've been exiled from their village for whatever reason mm-hmm. there's probably like you know all sorts of things that could live in in like in the bush basically <laughs> all but, to get to a witch at the end of it very risky proposal yes but the concept is that this witch she can basically like read she can basically create a new prophecy for you if she's allowed to perform her ritual so Given that the alternative is his wife and child both dying, Bjorn summons his wife because she needs to be present for the ritual as well as the child. And he gathers all of his greatest warriors, like every single one of his like personal guards, his personal like, you know, warriors, he gathers them all together. Leaving his little defenseless, but that's besides the points. I don't worry about that. It's just anyways. <laughs> But he gathers them together and he basically rallies a party, a movement party to like let him get his wife to the witch. Basically, it's a long ass walk in the in the woods. His wife really wanted to stretch her legs, but she wanted to be able to carry her while she did it. 
Sounds like a setup to any grim fairy tale right there. Walking <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> Why do I get a bad feeling about this? It's Warhammer. We get a bad feeling about everything here. Yes. Um, to explain just how, like, again, Primus 1, they were basically using, like, a wheelbarrow to transport his wife while everyone else was walking. <laughs> I mean, it makes Not sense. Not a single toe on her is to touch the ground. It, it's ba- it was basically like a very like small and like primitive carriage, but like yeah. I like to imagine it as a fucking wheelbarrow because I think it's hilarious. Oh yeah, you said that, and I was just imagining someone trying to uh, someone in the middle of the night going to the bathroom and not knowing the toilet seat is up, and they just kind of sink into the bowl. Oh, it's oh. like that, but it's it's a wooden bowl with just sticks on each side to be carried. Oh, oh my gosh! Imagine being the person who has to carry that. I imagine there's two people carrying it, one on both sides. Oh. You need at least like four or five people carrying that thing. Oh. The, Who royal has pa- the royal carriage. Oh. You must sit upon the royal throne after it has been used. <laughs> uh. I mean, that's pretty similar to what happens, actually. So, while Sigmar and his force are moving through the woods, they actually finally come upon the rumored like witch's cabin. And it would stare like this run down, you know, it's a prototypical witch's cabin. And Viren's kind of just like, all right, let's fucking do this. He kind of break, he kind of starts walking to like go answer the door. But as he's going to like knock on the door to discuss the witch, he actually notices her um, cauldron is bubbling. And as Viren looks, he notices there's actually eyeballs and hands and shit floating in it of the witch. And that's when he realizes that she's already been killed and that something was actually eating her. It's at that moment that the door in front of him bursts open and a, a host of orcs actually pour out and attack uh, Bjorn. It's at this moment that Bjorn's kind of just like, oh shit, okay, we're fucking, there's orcs here. And before he even has the moment to like rally his men, they are swarmed by orcs. Like, they're just swarmed by orcs. And this kind of just sets something off on Bjorn. Like, I have to go see my wife. So, you know, he's running back. He's, he's cutting down orcs as he's running back. And he kind of Rallies all of his men to like stand guard around her, like everyone make a shield wall around her, while she's also at this point giving birth. Of course, as and, you, do. you know, nothing, nothing makes it better than fucking dramatic irony. And, you know, she's fucking like she's she's going into labor, and he's like, "Oh come on, can't you fucking do this another time?" But you know, as the orcs are kind of assaulting them one by one, his greatest warriors are going down, like one by one, they're going down, and this is you know not great for morale at all. But it also makes Not it harder on everyone else who survives. Yes. <laughs> what and at this time, you know, Bjorn's doing his thing. He's fighting them. He's doing his best he can to, you know, protect his wife and keep himself alive. But as his men end up kind of fanning out to, like, you know, get more orcs, he sees the last of his, like, honor guard just sliced down. Like, they are just killed. And as they're killed, Bjorn kind of just flies into a fury, basically, because he's overtaken by rage. And he turns into basically, like, a berserker for just a few good seconds. Where he just dives into the fray, like slicing down orcs with like absolute precision, absolute ferocity, which is almost the greatest of ease. To the point that he actually comes up to the war boss of this like attack and kills them without like properly realizing. <laughs> he rolled a berserk check and got a twenty. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he just fucking he literally just killed the war boss. He just fucking just did that in the blind fear of rage. But the problem <laughs> is that. When before he could kill the war boss, or like after killing the war boss, he actually heard someone crying, 
And as he looked back, he realized that his wife had actually been stabbed by an orc. Like an orc had taken its sword and just stabbed into her because she was defenseless. No. And he, yeah, and he just fucking runs, kills the orc, and because they just seen this guy with like a violent, like almost animalistic rage, like killed their war boss. An entire like line of orcs bef- behind before him, and then killed another orc and just like, you know, three fucking steps. They kind of just panic, and because orcs are so built on morale, if they see their leader die, they're gonna fucking panic. These orcs just fucking just scattered, like they just booked it. They just ran. <laughs> After Bjorn's berserk check of twenty, the orcs rolled a morale check and got one. Literally, uh, and he kind of comes the, to the Zoidberg scuttle. They're just kind of speeding off into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so Bjorn goes to his wife, and she's she's dead. Like it isn't even like. No last words. Like, she's dead. Like, he finds oh, yeah. her and she has already died because of the blood loss. And, like, you know, she's giving birth and bullshit. Oh, but she's pale will do that to you. Being stabbed, being impaled by a uh, orc while you're giving birth might not be good for the health. Oh, yeah. Not say. exactly. And Sigmar, I don't know, Sigmar, Buren starts crying because, you know, his, his wife just died. This is a traumatic thing. All of his best friends died. But as he's kind of comforting her, he hears something. And he kind of looks down. It's actually a baby, kind of like kicking, like it's it's a baby moving under her feet. And this baby is soaked in the blood of men and and orc. And Bjorn looks at him, and with a mix of like just unimaginable sorrow and unimaginable like happiness, he cuts the little cord and raises the child into the air as he begins like laughing and crying at the same time to the sky. And as he does raising the child to the night sky. A twin-tailed comet flies overhead, just right across the sky, as as Bjorn is looking up and sees it across the sky. Oh, yeah. Now to Bjorn hmm. and all the tri- and all the primitive tribes of the Empire, they see this as oh, a sh- like you know, light across the sky. They see it as nothing important, but to the elves and the dwarves and even like some some very few humans who can actually do readings. They see this. They see this comet flying across the sky, and they know that a new age has begun. It was kind of like that blood red comet that shows up at like season two of Game of Thrones. That dragons are back in the world. Yeah, that happens. I think like two or three times in the books where there's like some comet, and there's some old woman or old man in a nowhere town on the edge of the realm. They're just like, oh yeah, here we go. Disaster's coming again. (laughs) Oh boy, the the world. Here we go. Man, Here we the go. Coming real fast. Yep. So this would be the birth of Sigmar. And this oh, is yeah. Sigmar Unbroken as he's first known. Ooh. So already as a fucking baby, he has a he has a more metal backstory than most of us. He's a, he's a pretty <laughs> cool guy. Pretty swell. More dude. metal backstory than any of us. Oh yeah. Except for maybe uh, guts. But that's a different. Oh story. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. This definitely gives me guts feels when I was actually like reading through it and remembering it and kind of just, you know, you can't help but feel very like guts like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, naturally, this is this is the birth of Sigmar. And Sigmar kind of, he joined the tribe and uh, King Bjorn actually never remarries. He kind of just, he chooses to remain a widow mm-hmm. and actually chooses to care for Sigmar as a very good, caring father. Like, despite being a barbarian king who's cruel to, like, his men, who's leading his men, you know, violently, fiercely, he's a warrior first, he actually treats his son with respect, with dignity, and actually treats him like a father, or he treats him like a son, not like a... 
This doesn't well, this sound is... like a Games Workshop production. <laughs> it's too good. Uh, this, this this is going too good, and I don't like it. Exactly. Something's going to go wrong. <laughs> yes. Um. So, here's another thing about Sigmar. Is that despite being like a child, he was just big for his age. He was just a big kid for his age. Like, it is said that at the age of 10, he looked 15. Yeah. Like, you know, just one of those kids who, like, who hits puberty really early and really well. That's like that picture of The Rock when he was, like, 15 and he looks 46. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, dang, that fucking hurts. (laughs) You know, uh, Sigmar's a bigger guy. He's already, like, uh, he's already a strong kid. And some people even say that on the day of his birth, some orc blood got into him, which is why they say he's like so strong. I just think that I just think that Bjorn had a really good genes. Yeah, <laughs> um, the seed is strong. There's some the kind of destiny child too. I mean, I know, right? He's a fucking destiny child, but he's gonna be fucking great. <laughs> but here's the thing, though: despite the fact that he's a destiny child, he's still a little shit as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> they all what I mean by that is that at the age of ten, he was you know stronger than kids his age. He was he was a tough kid. He was a he was he was almost like a bully in some ways. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you nerd! But the thing is that during one of his you know one of his childhood trials and rituals, one of them was actually to fight another child. This child was thirteen years old, but this kid was also a bigger kid. So while he was three years older than Sigmar. He was actually stronger than Sigmar on top of being older than him. And Sigmar being, you know, the 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 brainy little prick that he is, decides, you know, fight this kid because part of his ritual. But he's gonna he's get pacing to be really haughty, but he's gonna be really just an app, not an asshole, but like a bratty kid about it. Right. And Sigmar gets fucking body. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me like, ask Watson, this, this guy, like, does he have a name? Is it listed what his name is? Um, I think his, I think his name is, which one is he? I think he's Wolf, he's Wolfgang, I think. I think his is, no, Wolfgird. He's Wolf one of, Gerd? he becomes one of, he becomes one of Sigmar's, like, best buddies. Well, well, let me just ask, <laughs> is there such a thing as the age of Wolfgird? I didn't think so. <laughs> Can't be that cool if you didn't get an age named about him. <laughs> exactly. But kudos yeah, for him for, kudos know. to him for putting Sigmar in his place. Yeah, it's a, it's a good move. Uh, yeah, it's Wolfgart. Wolfgart. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he just fucking like bodies Sigmar and just fucking boom, just takes him out. And just like, oh, okay. Like like Sigmar immediately gets humbled because you know he's like the bully. He's he's the son, he's the prince basically of the tribe. He's the prince of the tribe. He's bigger than kids his age. He can like he, he's a he's a prophecy child, he's a fucking like brat. And he was yeah. this guy who's older than him, more experienced, just fucking boom, like he walked into a right hook. <laughs> just Sigmar gets taken out and I didn't Garth punch him he ran into my fist <laughs> he ran into my fist ten times well that probably saved his life going through life realizing that oh I can't actually be beaten yeah yeah. He fucking goes down but here's the thing though he's still a bad little shit and oh, what I mean by that is Sigmar has anger issues because you know he's a fucking bad little prick at this point and he actually ends up stealing a hammer from like his tribe, like a bronze hammer, and in his rage, he actually ends up just swinging onto Wolfgart, Oof. and he ends up and Sigmar, and again, he's fucking like ten years old, and Wolfgart kind of realizes like in the last moment, oh my god, I'm gonna get hit in the back of the head, so he turns and actually ends up getting him right in the fucking like collarbone and actually Ooh. shattering it. Ooh, 
or I don't know if it's shattered. I'm pretty sure you, I'm pretty sure if you shatter, you can't use your arm anymore. But maybe he's maybe Wolfgar just built different because he gets his <laughs> arm. His arm still works later. <laughs> he gets the Artorias treatment. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but regardless, Sigmar like shatters this kid's arm basically, and he goes down. Sigmar's he's, he's bratty. He's like, yeah, I just fucking got you. You think you can beat me? I, I stuck attack you. He's a brat about it. But he kind of has a moment where like, oh wait a second, I just hit a guy who was unarmed, wasn't ready to fight, and I did it out of anger. And he feels kind of shitty about himself. <laughs> his dead Buren is even more like disappointed in him to the point that his father, out of a mix of like rage and disappointment, actually takes Sigmar away and like pulls him away. And Sigmar is like still full of rage, but he's also somewhat regretful. And he takes this boy and puts him and basically puts him on like put like holds him in front of him. And Buren actually tells him, like tells Sigmar, that rage is not is not the solution. That blind rage harms anyone, even people who don't deserve it. But if you control that rage, if you can aim it like an arrow, you can find new purpose with your life. Instead of just becoming a wildling that consumes everything, let it be a torch that guides your way. Because the only thing worse than an angry Sigmar is a disappointed parent. Yep. And... (laughs) And this is where I think it's this is where it gets really funny because Sigmar kind of Sigmar needs to go on like a growing trip. And this part of his life is called the breaking and the dooming of Sigmar. <laughs> <laughs> the breaking actually comes from what he did to Wolfgart because he broke someone's arm. So the breaking of Sigmar. Oh, the it's not about Sigmar. him being broken. Okay. No, but he does get doomed. <laughs> Doom. So what Bjorn does, he basically brings his son to you know, the mountain, like the massive mountain range they live by. And he basically throws them in a hole. Not a hole, he throws them into a crypt. <laughs> but it's 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 basically their, like, Skyrim crypt. And yeah. within this crypt mm. is the bodies, uh, is, like, the, the remains of every single chieftain before Bjorn. Like, hit Bjorn's father, his father before him, you know, every single cl- uh, tribe leader. And he basically throws his son in there, and he tells his son to stay in there until... Until you can return wisdom, like it's basically a coming of age ritual that uh, Bjorn himself went into. It's basically you go in there, you pray to your ancestors, you pray to your gods, and then you hope to emerge with some newfound wisdom. Like your ancestors will speak to you in some way, or they'll give you some level of like new way of looking at living life. Like, you know, it sounds like, like, yeah, it sounds like the worst timeout ever. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the problem though, because this is where the the joke about being about it being a hole comes in. Because after throwing Sigmar in there, I don't want to say throw. Throw makes it sound like he just fucking punted his kid into a hole and just, just left. That sounds him. better, honestly. That's a better. That does story. sound better, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but Beard's kind of like, "Hey, stay in there until your ancestors speak to you," and he kind of leaves. It's at that moment that an earthquake happens and causes a landslide, which actually buries the entrance in and out of the, <laughs> out of the tomb. <laughs> oh shit! So Sigmar's like trapped inside the crypt with all of his dead ancestors. Like you said, like he, I don't want to say he throws him in because that sounds bad. And then you follow it up with, oh, he just like buried him in the crypt <laughs> accidentally on purpose. He put him in gently, but then he buried him in. I didn't say he buried. There was just a landslide. And he got trapped in. Could have been that earthquake. totally wasn't planned. <laughs> Listen, there's no such thing as a coincidence with Destiny Children. Nope. Uh, now, the Witcher likes to point out. Destiny, 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 Destiny. Shut up. Oh, good God. <laughs> now, 
Sigmar, still being a bratty little angry shit, his first response <laughs> is to try and punch his way out. <laughs> like, like again, he's learning his lessons, but again, he's like, he's a fucking like ten year old kid, so he's not gonna fucking learn his lessons properly. And he's still a brat, so his first thing is like, I'm gonna fucking punch this fucking my way out of here if I have to. Yeah, and, you know, he spends his time. Yeah, he tries to fucking you know he ends up hurting his hand naturally. So he trying to fucking get out. And he's he eventually burns himself out from all of his rage. Like he's like sweating, he's breathing heavily. He's like, I can't fucking break my way out. What the hell's going on? And he's you know exhausted. He's disheveled. He's kind of weak. And he kind of like he kind of says a prayer almost like half heartedly, like, "Oh ancestors, oh Lord Uric, help me out." Like half assed. But he kind of like begins resting for a little bit. And as he does, he kind of begins continuing to pray. Kind of like, "Hey, let me out. How do I get out of here?" Like. I'm not, I can't punch my way out. How do I get out of here? And he's kind of just, you know, he's, he's thinking aloud, but he's also asking for help. Right. In like the way like someone who's just lost would act. And as he kind of does, he feels like a breeze and he kind of notices like a dim little light in the distance. And, you know, it's kind of just like, one of those things, like I, I take back everything I said. I, I won't actually go vegan. <laughs> but you know, he sees he sees he sees a light and his first thing is like, that can't that can't be. I would have seen that. But you know, naturally because he was so overcome by rage, he wasn't thinking, he wasn't looking for anything else. Yeah, but now he's, he's come down. Shit. Yeah, he sees the light, he kind of starts like climbing towards, he starts climbing up, he's digging his way out, and he climbs and he climbs and he's digging and he's pushing rocks out of the way until finally he reaches the peak of the mountain. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, it's not the peak of the mountain, but it's well high up somewhere. It's it's high enough. Okay, you know what? It's high enough that I'll let you know because he, he gets to the top. He's he's looking around, and it's at that moment that he realizes from like the, the vantage point that he's at that he can not only see his father's like tribe, like his father's tribe, but he can see the entire what is effectively the empire's land. Like, mm-hmm. on that map that I sent you, he can basically see all of their territory. And given how massive the planet actually is in size, the how high he has to be to see all this is has to be fucking high in general. And how good his eyes must be. I know, right? He's a prophecy child. Yeah. But, yes, you know, again, put this in perspective, okay? You just broke your best friend. You broke you broke someone's arm because you broke lost a fight because you got too angry. <laughs> then your dad, like, bunts you in a hole and then potentially maybe buries you and the mountain just collapses of its own accord and then you start trying to wait, punch wait. your way out that doesn't work and then you're like fuck how do i get out and then out of nowhere there's a little like escape route. it's gonna give it's a life-changing day for sure oh yeah where's These the gonna doom fucking... coming oh this was the dooming that was the dooming that's pretty uplifting i don't know him getting thrown in a hole well it's buried behind him as well he got dooming. out <laughs> yeah he got, he got out. out he's fine he's fine Doom is like an inevitable bad fate that you just you can't get away from. It seems like okay, he got well. away with it pretty easily. All he did okay, was fine. he talked the to mild, his ancestors. The mild maiming of Sigmar then. <laughs> the mild maiming. <laughs> the minor daily inconvenience of Sigmar. <laughs> so Sigmar seeing this like massive stretch of land kind of realizes something. This is it. pathetic. Oh, <laughs> That's great. I love that. <laughs> and I don't mean like in an egotistical, oh, this is pathetic, but in a, wow. Like, everything humanity has is this. Like, yeah. 12 barely kingdoms. Barely kingdom-sized nations that rule us, like, 
massive stretch of land. Everything else is controlled by orcs, by beastmen. We're assault. We fight each other for just a smaller plot of land, but I can see so much more. Like it is, it is almost like the presently pathetic that this is the best we can achieve. Right. Is like twelve tribes that are fighting for like this small stretch of land. So then he does get egotistical. He's just standing up there like that duck gif, where he's just like. Pathetic. <laughs> this is pathetic. I can appreciate it. You gotta have a leader with vision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has pretty good vision. We can see all this fucking shit. I see so he was seeing for many miles away. Saw the whole realm. He was uh, just looking out at all this land full of people and the lands beyond it filled with not people. And he was just thinking about it for a second and he just goes, it's pretty real estate. <laughs> I'm looking at these giant big tracts of land and these people and these ladies in it with these big tracts of land <laughs> but the third so, empire stayed up oh my god <laughs> this is where Sigmar's you know uh, this is where his vision begins you know for reference this is where his dreams you know his per- his his goals become you know the thing that he does now he doesn't let his dreams be dreams anymore. Oh boy. He goes the distance. That did the mic pick that up? Oh my god. <laughs> I hate you all. I hate it here. <laughs> you know you love it. So Sigmar eventually returns to like his village. And this is where you know the the dad calls the rock slide theory kind of and it might be true because dad's like, oh, Sigmar, you're okay. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, you know, good job getting that hole. <laughs> so, did you have any life-changing experiences in there? And it's just like, okay. Fucking thanks, dad. <laughs> well, you, you know return? what a good old rock slide's good for? Put some hair on your chest, man. <laughs> Builds character. Uh, yeah, you gotta see him with like one of those... Uh... One of those things you would see in like a Roadrunner cartoon where after you press the thing down for the dynamite and it's just spent, he's just got one of those in his hand. He's got a dirty shovel in the other. <laughs> now, here's like the Sigmar actually goes and apologizes to Wolfgard. Like that's the first thing he does after he greets his father is that he goes to apologize to him. And There's his arm is suddenly fixed. <laughs> he suddenly fixed just one traumatic event and he's fixed. It's all better. The power of an apology right. fixed his bones. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh my god, I can I can play the violin again. <laughs> but yes, um yes, an apology fixed Wolfgart's arm and makes him so much better. That's no. <laughs> the power that, of friendship, everyone. <laughs> it does take him time to recover his arm, obviously, but he actually he gains something better than an arm. A new friend. Aww. <laughs> it is a love story. Aww. I guess but if that friend is going to turn out to be the emperor, I mean, that's that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Sigmar has a track record of, you know what, I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> I don't want to love that part. You'll notice I'm, getting a lot of, really... I'm getting a lot of Epic of Gilgamesh vibes because... <laughs> yeah, actually, come to think of it. Because, like, Think of it like Sigmar, Gilgamesh, you know, born the god king, destiny child, destiny, destiny, destiny. Anyways, meets meets a guy and really, they really rough each other up and then they become best friends. Yep. Yep. (laughs) 
mean, there's a, there's a similar part about it, especially a similar ending. Mm-hmm. Wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? Um, besides the point. <laughs> Hmm. Um. So, on top of becoming friends with Wolfgart, Sigmar, you know, he he beca- he's a shit, but he's you know he's becoming better. He's naturally becoming a better, a more mature person as he gets older. And as he does, he actually becomes friends with a bunch of other people in the tribe, like a bunch of other kids his age, or like roughly his age. Less violence this time, though. <laughs> please, please, no violence. killing each other. Because <laughs> if you had to I... break somebody's arm to make a friend, I mean. The village is going to run out of people with functional arms. <laughs> but this is how we make um, friends in our village. <laughs> he becomes friends with someone named Pendrag and Triviantes. All right. All right. Um, both those names don't sound as German as Wolfgart, but, you know, I'll, I'll leave it. Yeah, the Pendrag fit. sounds very similar to Arthur Pendragon. Oh, interesting. Interesting. How odd. Hmm. But, you know, he becomes friends with these people, and, you know, as he's older, as he's becoming friends with them, he actually starts to, like, share his dream with them. Not to the full extent of just, like, yeah, guys, I want to take over the world. But, no, very much kind of just, like, hey, guys, wouldn't it be cool if we, like, made our village better, like, bigger? Like, imagine yeah. if, like, we were everywhere. Like, what if we were, you know, it's it, what starts off as, like, kind of childish, like, you know, you and your friends are sitting around a campfire, you guys are talking about, you know, just... What your dreams would be, except these guys are you know barbarians who are like who look like they're like in their late teens, despite yeah. being like thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> guys, wouldn't it be nice if we could stop getting punked by the greenskins and the beast men and the knife ears and the dwarves? It'd be really cool <laughs> if we would stop getting killed by them. And then on Wednesdays <laughs> we wear pink because <laughs> real men Think wear pink. Very inclusive. <laughs> Just imagining a whole tribe, and it's it's perfectly fitting with the artwork I saw. It's very Viking, very dramatic. But then there's just one guy in like a Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> just for flavor. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> god damn it, Ted! We told you not to bring the Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, guys. It's the age of white boy summer now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, uh, honestly, this is honestly Age of White Boy Summer is actually pretty hilarious. With what comes up next? Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Sigmar is staring at his dreams with his friends or whatever. And he's the thing is that originally his dream kind of starts off as like, again, pathetic. Like, this is what we can accomplish. But it very much starts off as like, well, I want to make our, I want to make our tribe better. I want to make like just generally our tribe just better, bigger. I want to undo a lot of bad things. So, like, you know, he's working a bit harder when it comes to, like, fe- when he's making the fields. He's he's trying more because he, he knows that there could be more. Right. And one of the things he kind of swears to himself and to his gods, because humans have their own gods, mm-hmm. um, he actually, he actually like, almost makes an oath or so he kind of makes a prayer to them. And he'll basically undo all the wrongs into his tribe. And he will undo these however, like, in whatever way he sees fit that, to his mind, like fulfills whatever whatever wrong was done. Right. And mm-hmm. as a child, one of the things that his father, one of the stories his father always tell him was of the black boar. And apparently, um, Bjorn's father, like Sigmar's grandfather, he actually um, during a hunt actually scorned one of the human gods named Tal, who's a god of the harvest and the hunt, and he actually like spurned him, like he didn't give him the proper offerings. He just 
use a god's blessings for his own kind of glory and vanity. Right. And the god Paul um, actually summoned a bull, not a bull, a boar, like a mm-hmm. black, a black, uh, a black furred boar. But yeah. it was said to be the size of a black stallion. Ooh. And it was said that almost, yeah, almost nothing could harm it. And this boar got revenge by killing Buren's uncle, so Sigmar's other grandfather, or I guess great uncle rather, and yeah. killing him. And so the bull has always like wandered the Umbrogan like borders, kind of killing Umbrogan people, especially going out like particularly harassing the kings if they ever like leave their territory. Right. Like if they ever leave the safety, like it's almost like a vindictive boar. And mm. Sigmar has actually like, had, had remembers this and he kind of like shares it to his friends, like you know, around a campfire, like, hey, what if we hunted the boar? What if we and killed just, that boar? Yeah, and they're Bacon. and again, like these kids are like 13, 14, so like they're they're again, they have they have like like barbarian esque physiques, but they're still kids and they're all kind of yeah. like, Oh, that's stupid. Some of them like <laughs> some of them don't even believe in the boar, like they don't even like think it's just like a bigger boar. They don't like right. comprehend how big it is. And it's like Lord of the like... Flies, but like way cooler in every way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And make that bacon just... somehow. <laughs> yeah. And Sigmar is kind of just like, he's annoyed, he's limbish, but he's also kind of like, no, I can do this. So he actually <laughs> invites his friends on a, basically it's a fishing trip. Like, hey guys, go down to the river, like right outside our, our, our border, like right outside our territory, right by this river. And let's catch some fish. Totally unrelated to the conversation we had last night. <laughs> <laughs> and naturally all of them follow him because they're fucking teenage boys who aren't going to fucking listen. <laughs> and the, naturally, the fucking boar like ri- rides up on them and is like totally prepared to kill all four. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going straight from Elpic and Gilgamesh vibes just to Hercules with the, with the uh, what was it called? The Aramanthian boar. I mean, if you want to be honest, Sigmar is basically a mix of Hercules and Gilgamesh. I can, I can yeah. believe that. Maybe well, a little, little bit, of, little bit Thor. of like Thor thrown in, like a yeah. little bit of Thor thrown in. And the Sigmar sees this thing, and he sees it just like this massive boar, and he realizes, like in that instant, oh, I can't kill this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, all of his friends scatter. Like they just like ditch him. Like, <laughs> like one of them dives into the fucking river to get away, and another just fucking books it. The other one just fucking books. It. They're just fucking running. They just leave Sigmar there. <laughs> <laughs> And and this boar and this boar like again because he's a prince they're gonna go after him specifically so it rushes at him and yeah. Sigmar kind of like ducks under he's kind of like wrestling it and as he like I don't want to say he's wrestling it's more just like this thing is like trying to trample him and he's like barely holding on to not to like not die <laughs> <laughs> and as he's like kind of rallying this thing he's like I can't kill it I can't like I can't even like bring it down the thing is too strong and as he's kind of like grappling it he actually notices that it actually is a spear like embedded in like right inside of it like right underneath its fur and it's kind of moving around wrestling this thing he actually like grabs onto the spear and there's a moment of him that wants like his barbarian side wants to like plunge the death like plunge it like deeper into the boar's body but another part of him actually doesn't because it was scorned by tall he kind of has a like level of sympathy for it and he actually rips the spearhead out of its side and the boar ends up kind of knocking him down and just as it's about to kill him, it stops and ends up kind of like looking at him. And there's a moment of almost like thanks between the bull and Sigmar. And it kind of like walks away and is never seen again. Like he just walks off into the woods and is never seen again. Well done. 
a lot more nuance to this emperor. I tell you what. Indeed, indeed. I mean, getting kicked in the hole will definitely do that for you. Well, I thought you, I thought you were gonna hit me with just like, oh, so Sigmar just kind of grabbed the boar and teleported it to Mars and left it there and came back. That's (laughs) that's kind of the story I was expecting. We'll just we'll just leave it here for now. I'll get back. I'll get back to it when I get back to it. I can't kill it, but it'll be useful later. So I need to keep it somewhere. <laughs> um. At the same time, though, like Sigmar being the effectively a prince and being best friends, like having a number of best friends, all of whom are kind of like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you fucking did this." He has like a pop. He has like a popularity among the tribe. Like you know, people like him. They're like, "Wow, this guy is pretty fucking cool," which he is, obviously. I said, like, Sigma. I'm not gonna fucking lie. Well, yeah. And the thing is, though, is that there's actually one person among the tribe who actually takes great interest in him, and that's his best. That's one of his friends, Triviantes, his sister, Ravana. Uh oh. Uh-oh. And they're she's I think she's a year older than him, but they're roughly the same age. And you know, they're she sees him and he sees her, and there's always like that immediate like, "Oh, this is gonna be like." If I could marry her, I'd marry her. Right. She has like attractions to him. And while they kind of like get along and they talk, there's never anything more than like we're friends talking, even though like both of them very clearly have very strong feelings for each other. Forbidden love. Yeah, forbidden love, maybe kind of. <laughs> Listen, he's got more important things to do. Like You're conquer all this land. Me. Oh, yeah. Big oh, I was going to say, you were, were talking. You were talking about him just like getting this obsession where his dreams are just kind of increasing. He's like, oh, I want to expand the borders here. We're going to right all the wrongs to the tribe. We're going to make the tribe better. Like, I, I almost heard you getting more German and angry as it went along. <laughs> make the tribe great again. Kill them all. I should say Sigmar's Balcrange or German. That'd be fucking awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sigmar is kind of like you know he's fulfilling like all the minor oaths that it, like all the minor wrongs his village has been done. He's even like d- accomplished a number of like counter raids. Like again, these this tribe is bordered by many other tribes, and so they're going to be obviously invaded. He actually like specifically takes like battles or like defensive zones against tribes that have previously like attacked them as right. almost like a way of getting vengeance, as a way of like redeeming some sense of like lost honor. Yeah, yeah, and again, he's gaining a following. People are like respecting him. His his friends are like admiring him more than anything else. And eventually, he actually gets the idea that, well, why am I stopping at? Why am I stopping at my tribe? Why don't I expand more? <laughs> like, there's other wrongs. Like, he, he basically done all the side quests in his town. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, there's more XP over there. <laughs> so he basically he basically does like a Leonardo's like. Leonidas like a uh, walk where he actually brings like, a bunch of his friends because he basically has like a posse following him now. They're like they see what he's doing and they see him almost like not a hero figure but like someone who has ambition to like undo wrongs. And yeah. so now she's gonna follow him. It's not and... just like a really tough guy that everybody listens to. It's a guy who actually has like some things he needs to do beyond just killing people. Yeah, you just see yeah, the guy strolling up into the village and just doing the lives he walked with everyone falling in behind him. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Sigmar kind of is like, you know what? Because he's, you know, he's re- he's retaliated against the, tr- the human tribes that attacked him. Mm-hmm. But there's other tribes in the forest. There's greenskin tribes. Oh yeah. Ooh. This this is where I think Sigmar starts to get a little too much like an anime character because <laughs> dude's like 15 at this point, <laughs> and I'm kind of just like, you know, 
even at 15, I don't think you should be fucking doing some bullshit like this, but you know what? You're fucking cool. <laughs> the power of anime compels him. I got the power oh. of the gods and anime on my side. <laughs> he has friends. He'll never give up on them. He'll never surrender. Oh, dear God. The power anime of power up at the precise moment. <laughs> Honestly, that's that might be coming up depending on how you want to view it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sigmar and his men, he brings, I believe, Pendrag is like the ranger. He's the guy who's really good with tracking. At any rate, okay. they're, they're they're basically tracking the, like the most recent green skin invasion, the most green skin like raid on their territory. And as they're going, they actually find the the green skin camp, like where this camp is set up. But it's a lot more smaller than it, than when they attacked. But it, they're also like very, they're a lot more like injured more than they had been when they attacked. Like basically, some they've attacked something else in between then. Right. And as Sigmar's kind of. Yeah, and as Sigmar's kind of, like, observing, he actually notices that, and this is where it gets kind of funny, like, basically, trapped in chains near the tent of the war boss is a dwarf. But this isn't just any dwarf. This is the most dwarf dwarf. This is Krogan Ironbeard. (laughs) Mm, I like that name. And he is actually the high king of the dwarves, the current high king, anyway. Okay, that's a pretty good catch. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, he was captured. He was—he's basically wrapped in chains. The goal was that the orcs were actually going to like trade him off as like a hostage, basically. And as Sigmar's looking at this, he actually like looks at them. And he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we could take him." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, "Oh, okay. I guess we are. I guess we're having a fight today. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> we's gonna fight." So, well, they have the element of surprise, and they've—they're basically on like a victory streak, so they're gonna fucking go for it. And they basically ambush this tribe of orcs, but you know, orcs are orcs, so they're 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 stronger than humans. So even yeah. though Sigmar had superior like numbers in this fight, you know he's doing what he can to like attack them. You know he's doing his own thing, he's fighting. Um he's killing like he's using like bronze age weapons to fight the orcs and they're fighting back and bullshit, whatever. Um they they do us they do a decent amount of damage to his orcs up until the war boss actually enters. Now, the war boss isn't just any orc. He's a, a black orc. All you right. racist. Um, I mean, <laughs> the black orc. <laughs> um, they you aren't racist. actually like they aren't actually black. It's more that their 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 screen their their orc screen orc skin color is green, but right. their skin color is such a dark shade of green that it could almost be confused with black. But in the right light, you can see the shades and the. Uh, like the the green in it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. If you want to know anything about the black orcs, they were made by the dwarves. Well, by they were made by the chaos dwarves to be used as slaves. Uh, mm. <laughs> nope, I'm not going to go there. For reference, a black orc is uh, stronger, tougher, harder to kill, and uh, slightly smarter. Now that's a dangerous idea. Why would you create a slave race and make it smarter than the race you created it out of? That sounds idea, like a really bad idea. The idea was for the orcs to be intelligent enough to like use like equipment and to like okay. understand like complex uh, like functions and bullshit. Like, oh, it must know math so it can like build a building better. Right. But you know, <laughs> hindsight um, is as we know. 
they they literally all escaped within the first gen- like the first generation of black orcs literally <laughs> escaped and every single one of them went on to basically become their own war boss of their own like of their own like clan basically <laughs> and they're reproducing much like in 40k right they're yes okay. yeah so like a black orc will also make another black orc oh god that's <laughs> brutal very brutal <laughs> Um, I think they take a little bit longer for a black orc to reproduce, like for them to be born compared to like a green orc. So like the numbers are always like fairly like real, like consistent, like oh, it was always like ten to one kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but regardless, like you know, the black orcs are not okay. And he comes in, and very quickly he just switches the tone of the fight. Like what well, before, like Sigmar was, you know, he was winning. It was a sneak attack. Now it's very much oh, okay. Well, this is very clearly not a sneak attack. We are fucking like embodied by this guy. <laughs> and he's just like he is standing there and he's killing people. He's you know, he's 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 a black orc. He's bigger, stronger, and more bullshit than regular orcs. It's more bullshit. <laughs> but Sigmar, being a guy with determination about anything else, he fucking like charges this orc to go one v one in. Oh yeah, <laughs> you all feel it's the determination. But here's the thing, though. As this is happening, uh, Krogan Ironbeard. Is watching this whole thing go on, and he's kind of just looking at it, and he's like, "Well, this is a good enough escape as any." And he kind of <laughs> breaks out of the chains, like he like flexes and just breaks himself out. <laughs> so he could have done that the entire time. It seems that well, the idea was like he was waiting for like a rescue or something, or like a good opportunity to actually escape. <laughs> like he's not gonna like break free when he's stranded by orcs. He's gonna wait till like the cavalry come in. He's just like, "Okay, well, I mean, this is good enough." Yeah, it's like uh, like it'll all get force in the mouth. You got to take your opportunities when you get them. That's true. It's (laughs) like it's like in Avatar: The Last Airbender when King Boomy's like stuck in that stone coffin, and then like the solar eclipse happens. Like, okay, good enough time, good enough time for any just bust out. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so um, he kind of Krogan Ironbeard breaks free, and as he's looking at this fight, he notices very quickly. Can a 15-year-old barbarian with a bronze sword fight a black orc? <laughs> um, apparently not, because you know the bronze sword shattered when it touched the the black orc skin. Like he like he was basically he's parrying the attack, he's want he's moving out of the way, and he goes for the thrust, and it literally just shatters against its chest. That's a bit of a oof. Noise. So, you know, not not ideal. <laughs> no. Does uh does Sigmar have like psyker powers? Like no offensive ones. No, okay. He's literally just a dude, but he, he he's a strong ass dude. He's just Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, he's basically Conan the Barbarian, but younger. Barbarian, barbarian. Now realizing very quickly that oh, okay, well I can't do anything with this. Like I can't fucking do it. Sigmar is basically forced to play defense. Like he's you know he's dodging, he's bobbing and weaving and bullshit. But mm. while this is happening, Krogan Ironbeard's like right. And he goes into the Orc War Boss's tent, which is really like right next door, like swearing while he's doing it. Like he's just fucking like spring under his under his breath. <laughs> and he actually he grabs uh, one of the trophies of the War Boss's uh, <laughs> like tent, and it's actually uh, his own hammer. Like Krogan Ironbeard's hammer got stolen by the Orc, and he picks oh. it up, and it's a and it's a dwarven war hammer, which is made out of the very very strong uh, star metal, fantasy metal bullshit. Yep. So it's basically like adamantium. Ah. Unobtainium. Oh yes, unobtainium. It's so important. It's so important. 
Somebody should have gotten fired for that, honestly. <laughs> Somebody should have. Yes. More than one person, actually, honestly. Everyone involved should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, <laughs> so uh, he takes this hammer, and you see Sigmar about to, like, this, like the war boss has a sword, and it's ready to come down on him. And yeah. Krogan Iber with, like, another good, like, dwarven swear fucking throws the Warhammer at Sigmar. Like, he just fucking, like, hucks it at him. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a dumb idea. You should have aimed for the war boss, but, you know, I'm not gonna... Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm well. not the guy. He's like, nope, this is your fight. You handle it. <laughs> Peace out. But here's the thing, though. As the hammer was flying towards Sigmar, he catches it. Like, he catches almost, like, reflexively. Like, instant, like instinctually, he, like, just catches it. Effortlessly yeah. with one arm, which again, it's made out of fantasy metal bullshit, which is made for dwarves, which means that it's probably really fucking heavy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I could imagine. Could be and like Thor's catch- hammer, where it's made from the heart of a dying star. Made in the heart of a dying star, actually. In the heart of a dying star. But <laughs> he catches the hammer and he immediately uses it to block the, the orc sword swing. Like it, it stops it. And it's almost in the same moment he kind of stepped, like he he was basically on his back, he catches it, he he blocks it, and he immediately pivots it to the side, stands up in the same singular motion, and just a quick bam, bam, just a good two swings. <laughs> he fucking kills the black orc. <laughs> Get it, the good old one-two punch. And in the hammer, the hammer that he now has is called Galmaraz, the skull splitter. Battle. Very apt. Um now naturally with the war boss dead, a lot of the orcs scatter. But again, Sigmar brought friends, so they immediately start killing the panicking orcs. And at the same moment, Sigmar actually approaches Krogan Ironbeard. And out of a moment of kind of respect, again, because he's old, but also as a recognition of thank you for saving my life, he actually tries to give Krogan Ironbeard the, the hammer back. Like, oh, here you go. Thank right. you for saving me. And Krogan Ironbeard shakes his head and says, no, because that's a dwarven hammer. And it's a, it's a hammer so old and so powerful that has ancient magic, like, will, like hammered into it. To the, to the point that the hammer is said to be alive. That the mm-hmm. hammer the hammer has basically always been Sigmar's. Like, the, like it was made for him. The crafters just didn't know it at the time. Right. It was just faded. Yeah. Destiny. And, yeah. yeah. Destiny child all the way again. Sigmar's <laughs> powers, he can see, like, five pages ahead in the script, whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. the best convenient? plot armor ever. <laughs> so Sigmar has the hammer, and he's kind of just like, okay, well, this is fine. But uh, Krogan Ironbeard says, like, th- this basically begins the start of the Dwarven and Human Alliance. Because Krogan Ironbeard, like I said, he was a dwarf, and the dwarves had assaulted the humans before, viewing them as, you know, pests that need to be put down. <laughs> um, he actually realized that maybe the humans, there's more to them than you know, very primitive barbarians, given the fact that a single one of them is able to kill a black orc, which had defeated his, like, had attacked his force and taken him out. So it's very much a, almost like an alliance of convenience, as in, basically, we will become defensive partners. If you're attacked, I'll come to you. If I'm attacked, you have to come to help me. And in return for this pact, uh, we will exchange, like, teachings, knowledge, and technology. Mm. So naturally, some humans return with Krogan Ironbeard to his to his Kazakh, which is a dwarven castle, a dwarven hold. And uh, Sigmar returns with some dwarves and actually some dwarven weapons back to the Umbarogan tribe, which he very quickly gives to them. 
which mm. immediately makes him even better at, you know, fighting because they went oh, from yeah. bronze to like steel age really fucking fast. Moon oh, yeah, arms race, baby. Minerals. Yeah, which naturally meant that in combat, there, there are soldiers who were like better against the other tribes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but okay, but you know, Sigmar, you know, he's he's stronger. He's he returns back. He's basically like, again, he's bringing resources back. But he doesn't. But he actually convinces his father to actually give some of the weapons and resources to neighboring tribes, as almost like a peace offering, and right. as they almost like don't attack us, take this instead. Right. Almost like it's not to feign weakness, but it's more just like, hey, instead of fighting us, why don't you just take these and we'll call it what we just won't fight. It was basically yeah. Sigmar's way to like show peace and like try to be diplomatic. And again, well, his like- father's like. Oh, Let's not fight. Here's some weapons, though. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it's like Abaddon giving the Blackstone Fortress to to Huron Blackheart, <laughs> but like be... rem- re- like remarkably more intelligent because Abaddon's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. But this would this would basically happen over for like the next year. Sigmar's kind of like assisting his father. He's basically like the hand of the tribe, and you know his right. forces are getting better weapons and bullshit. To the point that, like, a number of actually, like, um, like towns, like hamlets, have actually started to become like small cities in in just a short period of like a year. Right. And this is because of like dwarven help and human industry and in like ingenuity and just their sheer numbers. Yeah. And as a result, this this village Astolfin becomes the target of a basically a counterattack against the humans from the orcs because the orcs didn't like that. Um, a black orc was killed, like a war boss was killed, so they're gonna get revenge. <laughs> right. As you do. Very sensible. Yes, of course. And uh, Bjorn actually calls Sigmar to it, and he, Sigmar kind of expects, oh, I'm gonna be in trouble because I killed Bjork like a year ago, whatever. And Bjorn actually tells Sigmar that this is time to become a man, as if he wasn't already a man, but you know. <laughs> All that other stuff, that was, uh, that was baby stuff. <laughs> um, basically, it's time to earn his shield name. It's basically like your war title, and to prove that he's a man, he will basically join a proper army because everything that he was leading before was like a small like band, like a small like group of soldiers. Basically, right. this is now going to be you are going to lead in a actual army, and so Bjorn actually gives a Sigmar a decently sized contingent of forces to basically like lift the siege against stuff and. Like Which he days. actually does. Like he yeah, he actually like fucking goes in and the battle for us often is pretty impressive. But the concept is that there's it's on the other side of a river and there's a single like stone bridge that crosses it. And Sigmar's forces basically their goal was to blue ball the orcs. I mean that like as literally as possible. Like they would charge and then they would retreat. They would charge and then they would retreat, <laughs> and the orcs would like continue charging. And then run into like a spear line or into like arrows. So like there was like they would charge and be like, "Why aren't you charging back? Why are you running away?" <laughs> this is not how you do the like, war. It was basically like to hype the orcs up so much that like in their rage and like just we want to fucking crumb something that they would start attacking each other and like their rank, like <laughs> any like organization would like break <laughs> apart. And it was fucking working because they were like so eager to fight. They would like punch each other to like let out frustration, <laughs> or they would like just fucking continue charging, even though like they know it was a bad idea. 
um, the problem though is that uh, the orcs kind of actually got the upper hand. They just they end up getting the they end up getting advance going, and Sigmar had to retreat across the bridge. But his friend, like he brought his three friends with him, but one of his friends, uh, what's his name, Tarites. Sorry, I can't probably remember his name. It's a fucking like weird name. <laughs> but but regardless, uh, Timides, that's his name. Sorry, I looked at my notes fast. But regardless, um, he actually has his contingent, like his small group, his small units, stay behind on the other side of the bridge, allowing Sigmar and his like main force to leave. The problem is that basically his friend is like, hey, I'll see you on the other side. I'm retiring in two weeks. You know, he's giving all the fucking death flags. <laughs> Oh no! And, yeah, he ends up getting impaled. Damn, I was <laughs> I two days right. from retirement. <laughs> it's his birthday. He's retiring tomorrow. He's got a picture of his kids. He'll show you like, all his the red flags. Is, there, it's their anniversary. It's, it's him and his wife's anniversary. <laughs> but you know, he fucking dies. Like time he's <laughs> dead, and Sigmar actually experiences something very similar to what his father experienced. When uh, sick, when all of Sigmar's friends were killed, and this is basically like a rage that is said to be like very common among like um, the old world's men. It's basically right. like a ma- it's it's a berserker's madness, is what it is. And Sigmar uh... immediately like just fucking charges, like he he orders all the men just fucking berserker charge in, and which isn't a great plan, but because the orcs were already like so like overwhelmed by like. A desire to fight that they don't actually realize that there's a massive like charge right in their flanks that just wipes them out. <laughs> Not just a massive charge, a one man charge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just should we follow him? Oh, uh, probably. Yeah, he's their leader. <laughs> nah, he's got this. <laughs> he's got the keys. Oh, shit. It was a poor move, but he saw the script, he knew it would succeed. <laughs> what do we do? Choose porn driver. Oh shit! <laughs> so eventually, the battle for As- for Asophen is freed. Like this, you just lifted Sigmar's made a an honorary like a man. Like I said, it's he should already be a man at this point, but you know, it's just me. <laughs> he's not just <laughs> a man; he's an honorary man. So yeah, what does that make problem. you? <laughs> yeah, something pretty strange about the term honorary man. Pretty sure everyone is an honorary man in front of Sigmar. <laughs> that's like what you, that's what they would like give to the orc. Would be like, oh, you're you're a pretty cool guy. You're an honorary human. <laughs> now, the thing is that well, Sigmar's friend Timides is dead. That doesn't stop uh, Ravana from continuing to hit on him. <laughs> oh sure, sure. Oh yes, my brother is dead, but I love you even more. <laughs> The problem bang, is, though, is bang, that bang, well, Ravana still loved Sigmar. Sigmar, uh, we must continue the line. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Tyamedes and Ravana had another brother, and his name was Garion, and he basically blamed Sigmar for his brother's death. Yeah. Because they basically it was, oh, I see what my brother did. Like, I know what my brother did. He held a bridge to escape. That's not like bravery, that's cowardice. Like, you got him killed because you. You didn't hold the bridge, but he did, kind of thing. Right. Mm. Now, will this come to bite him in the ass? Show of hands. I I think he's gonna lose um, the honestly. <laughs> what do you think, girls? Uh something's gonna bite him. 
something's definitely going to bite him. Now, yeah. the thing, Maybe the he's thing is... Hubris. <laughs> <laughs> a Destiny Child with hubris? Impossible. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty close, actually. Because Sigmar, while he was sad that his best that one of his best friends died, he had basically become like I don't want to say consumed by the mission, but it was almost like he died. I have to achieve this now. Like for his sake, I have to achieve this. So he actually like pushes even harder into like these go- these like wars, mm-hmm. and he actually become he actually basically leads a war of extermination against basically any non-humans. Or anyone who was not aligned to like humanity's cause, basically. So anyone mm. besides like humans and dwarves. Yeah, I'm pretty down for that. Well, like, that's where the non-human xenophobia comes from. <laughs> like he's like he torched massive sections of the forest to like cause beastmen to like like a, to flee into the open where he would have his people like run them down and kill them. Well, the beastmen Oof. were technically humans, right? That's really him just taking out the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> They were they were they're basically humans who are mutated by magic, like the warp. Must cleanse the warp taint. Yes, and like all of them, have, like they they basically given into like their animalistic natures, and have literally become like half human, half animal. Right. Yeah. So Gross. I wouldn't say they're human. I wouldn't say they're human anymore. <laughs> well, no, I mean like uh, I guess you would say ethnically they're human, but they're yeah. twisted and distorted. Yeah. So he's just killing them. He's also killing more orcs naturally because, of course, he is. Well, yeah. Because there's always more orcs. Yeah, you well, can't Sigmar's, actually get rid of them. Sigmar's belief is any number of orcs is too many. That's true. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> True words have never been spoken. Yep. So this naturally caused Sigmar's ego to actually return, though his genocide of the uh, of the orcs and the uh, the greenskins and the beastmen. But it wasn't so much. Okay, I don't want to say ego. It was more like pride in humanity. Because there was an actual reason why he was attacking um, the beastmen and the orcs. The re- um, the territory that these two occupied was like in between all of the tribes and even bordered the other tribes' like territories. So Sigmar and his force of the Unbrogans would actually invade other tribes' territories, but never to invade them, just to prematurely kill orc and beastmen assaults before they happened. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, because like in his mind he had repaid all the debts all the wrongs that these tribes had done to him so in his mind it was basically okay all of them are like a blank slate if i'm seeing someone getting attacked i should i should defend them it's my moral responsibility right yes so he's basically like doing this fucking like one i don't want to say women are like he's leading this fucking crusade through all these territories purging beastmen purging orcs and naturally this caused him to gain like a lot of fame among basically all the tribes yeah. It was both. It was a mix of both fame and resentment. Like, oh, how dare you invade our territory? <laughs> but dang, you're invading our territory and doing and taking our enemies out for us. <laughs> so it's like, do we kind of give you a pass? I don't know. It's cool in our book, but it's not. Hmm, tough choices. It's, it's kind of convenient, but it doesn't really jive with our ego. It's it's a bit. <laughs> and that's pretty. That's pretty factual. Three no things you no. never do to a man: never mess with his lady, never mess with his ego, and never mess with his money. That's that's true. Take my lose by those words. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, this caught this though actually caused a lot of the other tribes, like I said, to become resentful. And a lot of them, I don't want to say a lot of them, 
there were some of them, particularly the ones nearest uh, the Unbrogans, who wanted to take advantage of Sigmar's basically generosity. Because he was basically taking the Unbroken army like all over the place, it meant that Unbroken lands were defenseless. So even though Sigmar literally defended them from orcs and beastmen before they invaded, some tribes had the audacity to actually invade Unbroken tribes while Sigmar was gone. Mm, The audacity! Which really pissed off Bjorn. He's still alive at this point. And he was basically just like, you know what? When Sigmar gets back, things are going to be so bad for everyone involved, including me. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. I'm going to have separate so many apology letters. <laughs> don't, don't second guess me or my son ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Imagining a little, a little Bjorn right beside him with a big-ass head holding a big-ass hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, though, while this was going on, uh, one of the tribes, one of the tribes that live in this area, was actually starting to get their own little sense of a little too cocky, a little too confident. And when I mean cocky and confident, what I actually mean is corrupted and full of chaos. Mm. <laughs> that follows, yeah. Getting a little too <laughs> big for their britches, aren't they? No. <laughs> the uh, northernmost uh, tribe was known as the Norsil. And this tribe was basically... Um, very northern Germanic tribes, basically barbarian, basically like Viking barbarians. Right. Mm. And isn't Sigmar kind of like a Viking barbarian? A little bit, but he's more like Conan the Barbarian, where these guys are more like the Europeans' demonic version of a Viking. Ooh. Like, you know, Just how they would. Of distinction. Yeah, how they would vilify the Vikings. Yeesh. Sigmar, yeah, like Sigmar is like the Scandinavian bloodline that invaded England and then took it over and became English. Yeah, uh, he gets it. This guy gets it. So, Those yeah. dang Normans. <laughs> so overall, this, the Norse still getting powerful, and the thing is that they're rising in power because they're raiding their own nearby tribes. Luckily, the Umbrogans were like on the other side of the map, so right. that was fine. It was more like the northern enemies that, that had their uh, people basically like raided and like taken as slaves and sacrifices. Because um, if you remember, the northern south polar kind of chaos corrupted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds so, right. So because the, nor- the northernmost human tribe is probably going to be exposed to chaos, they've actually started worshipping the chaos gods. <laughs> they just decided, yeah, whatever. Well, Might as the well. idea is imagine living in like Greenland. Which is ironically not green. Yeah, like yeah. imagine living in Greenland, but it's twice the size and it's colder. Yeah. Got us there. Like you got you, you kinda got no choice but to like worship whatever you can. You kinda gotta like take whatever gifts you can get. And if you start hearing voices saying, Hey, kill a, kill three goats and I'll give you like a, a suit of power armor and like a flaming sword, are you really gonna say no? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good offer, honestly. Oh, why is he dead? <laughs> I literally mean they got like suits of like steel armor and a flaming and like actual flaming swords. Pretty dope. Yeah. Do you get that? Do you get to kill the goats with the sword, or do you have to kill them before you get the sword? You have to kill the goats before. Um, Ah. That's that's what that's what I've been told anyway from first hand experience. But still, only three goats for a suit of power armor. Hell yes. Yeah, but (laughs) what are what what accent? Like what actual technology are they using at that point in time? Does it matter at that point if it's I mean, if it's steel powered armor and flaming fucking swords? I mean, a bit of a hassle to kill three goats with like a rock. 
That's, 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 no, yeah, that, that's you, live in, you live in Greenland. You have to find three goats first. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, yeah, yeah. My brother Timmy lost three fingers and two toes looking for a gray goat. I have not yeah. seen him since Wednesday. Oh, And we still need to find two more goats. <laughs> no, that is not a goat. That is your wife. Oh, shit. <laughs> so... You know, Nansley and the North still are not great people. They have naturally been growing like more fervent and more zealous over the years, but they've become even more extreme now because allegedly their gods have said a new age of darkness is coming. So naturally, these guys are like crusade, crusade. Oh, Would you say a great crusade? Ha! No, it was a horrible crusade. There was a lot of death and a lot of murder. A dark crusade, if you will. Ah, uh, yes, a black crusade, maybe. One might even say. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's wrong with us? I feel like we got progressively more stupid as this podcast went on. That's been going to happen. We're only four episodes in. If we weren't already there by episode one and a half. <laughs> so, um, Considering you decided to start with the rat people, I mean, it was pretty much there from the start. Yeah, we, yeah. we were doomed. We actually we had a discussion about this. <laughs> Just even doomed us all. Yep, we came in too strong. Yes, yes. <laughs> Delved the too greedily and too so deep. <laughs> oh god! The legendary place to start, honestly. It's, uh, it's Agreed. Uh, as good as any. Just the just the fact that you considered it a minor event that they decided to move the moon and then someone else blew it up was pretty telling of the scale of events going on. I mean, it was pretty significant, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I said, in the grand scheme of things, not really. The world was blowing up. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of other stuff was going on. So the, with the whole world blowing up, what's a, what's a, what's a warpstone moon? Look, Sigmar threw his hammer, he lost it in the warp. As far as I'm concerned, the escape of moving the moon and then blowing up is small beans. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, do not throw hammer that you use as weapon into giant screaming vortex of infinite nothingness. <laughs> it is not like Mjolnir. It does not fly back to you. <laughs> just instant oh maybe that wasn't smart <laughs> oh, maybe he didn't maybe he didn't know that <laughs> maybe nobody told him that he immediately like pulls out like a pocketbook that says like warhammer instructions and he's like oh it doesn't <laughs> come it? back <laughs> you missed the fine print idiot <laughs> dumbass <laughs> uh, so can you guys guess what Sigmar thought when he found out about the North Sil invasion um, well, it sounded like they could use some fire, is my idea of what he thought. Yes, <laughs> and not the good kind either. Oh. <laughs> Grabs the warhammer and goes like, "Yep, that's a paddling." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sigmar was actually super depressed because instead of being able to find the front lines, he was immediately called home. <laughs> Apparently, um, Sigmar's dad, Bjorn, had heard that two of the northern tribes that border the Norsil actually combined their forces, which is the first time any tribes have actually, like, officially banded together in, like, a long time. And they mm-hmm. both attacked the Norsil and were defeated. Like, they were defeated and their people were, like, enslaved. So, Bjorn's immediate thought was, okay, well, if two tribes can't do it, we might have, we might have to bring everyone together and, you know, do something. Mm. Which there was a moment of which Sigmar both liked and hated because he actually believed that because he 
had such a strong belief of humanity being together that he should lead the expedition. Mm. But recognizing mm. his father's age, his talent, and the fact that it's your father, Sigmar kind mm-hmm. of kind of went back home with his head held down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am your father. <laughs> what, Dad, there's so many more orcs to kill. <laughs> oh, but um, <laughs> the end would greet his son Sigmar and would basically put him in charge of the village. Like he basically crowned him, like, "Hey, you're the you're the tribe's leader, the chief." Then while I'm gone. But while I am away, you need to keep the peace. You need to hold everything together. I will go and I will, I will basically, it was a collection of, I think it was four or five tribes that would basically coalesce and fight the North Cell. And right. so the idea was, yeah, the Umbrogans would go first and they would regroup with two others and they would regroup with two more and they would meet the North Cell head on and fight them. Mm-hmm. Now, this was, sounds pretty cool. The problem is, Sigmar is not involved in it. You know right. what he does instead? What? He hooks up with Ravana. <laughs> oh, bow, bow, bow. Yeah, that's great timing. <laughs> Basically, Dad's gone. He's kind of depressed. He's gonna like you know see his girlfriend. Kind of. <laughs> my parents aren't home. Come over. Hey, Ravana, my... <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Sends a raven. Oh, Sends man. a raven to like the, the next hut. The next like wooden hut over. It just says you up. <laughs> WYD, but it's it's like an arrow pointing up, and then it's a it's like a U, but it's like a very poorly drawn U. <laughs> and then she send, and she sends it back, and it's like it's like a nodding head, like you're just sending like fucking pictograms back and forth. <laughs> and he gets one where it's like a drawing of her own body, but like with boobs and legs, and it's like a stick yeah. figure thing. I was just imagining like those ancient cave paintings of just a bunch of stick men holding spears. <laughs> he sends that to her. Uh, but you know, Sigmar and Ravana—they're they're you know hanging out. They're they're being very close uh, as as you do. But as you do, um, Sigmar being do. a barbarian king, he's also romantic. Who does he thunk? Bring, he brings her to like the river. Where I believe he fought the bo- the boar, and it was basically meant to be like a nice, like romantic, like we're sitting by we're sitting by the river, like you know, having a date. Basically, it was a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's fucking hilarious. Like I'm Sigmar, big barbarian king who can kill a orc in two swings, but I'm gonna have a little romantic picnic with my girlfriend. It's like the also. That like third of Attack of the Clones where it's just Anakin and Padme having weird dinners. <laughs> Meanwhile, cut to his dad leading like five different armies at once, leading from the front in- against like basically Vikings clad in like really heavy black armor, wielding flaming hey, swords. Awesome, while demons are all over the place. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Sigmar and, R- and Ravina. I don't like sand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... No, in this case, it would be, I don't like mushrooms. <laughs> well, sometimes the tribal leaders don't agree. Well, then they should be made to. <laughs> I mean, given, given what Sigmar does in the whole building oh, an yeah. empire. Accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> no, oh, I mean, she does it in a very similar to Padme. <laughs> because, actually, right now, actually. 
because oh, while boy. Sigmar is having his little date, and while the Norse are invading, chaos is like rising in power, and mm. it actually creeps into the mind of someone, Garion, Ravana's Uh-oh. brother, and uh, yeah, yeah, his his brother died, and yep. what happens is. Garion, in his rage and in his selfishness and his ego and his pride, he actually draws a sword. But this sword has been cursed by chaos to be a poisonous blade. Right. And he ends up he ends up approaching like this little couple that have, they're basically their guards are down. They're not even armored. It's it's a romantic date by the river. You're not going to be wearing anything. You're not gonna, you'll be wearing like center clothes if that. Yeah. So he comes in. This guy's dressed in like his armor. He's dressed like kill. And he ends up, and he ends up going to slash uh, Sigmar, who actually immediately turns, similar to what he did against Wolf against uh, Wolfgart. He turns, and instead of like dying instantly, the cut it actually just cuts him. Like it gives him a massive like gash across his body. Right. And Sigmar is injured. He's like he's panicking. He's like, ah, what the hell? And Ravana actually tries to like tackle him because she's she's a woman, but she's a fucking barbarian woman. Like they have female fighters. They aren't prejudiced against yeah. women. <laughs> and, it, and it's her brother she probably knows she's probably had fights with him before yeah <laughs> so she tries to immediately attack him but the thing is that Garion is holding his sword and he's <laughs> kind of blinded by chaos yeah uh, he drank so like similar to hell Sigmar walked into a, a wolf guard right hook she ends up walking right into a sword oh oh man he immediately pierces her and it's in the moment that he pierces her like he, he runs her through is that the delusion kind of fades away and he regains his sense. He immediately panics, like, oh my god, I've killed her. He pulls the sword out of her and she dies. And as she's dying, Sigmar looks at her and she looks at him. And he again falls into a rage similar to his father and tries to, like, rush at Garion. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the poison, the poison blade... Oh, weakens him and stuff? It weakens him, but it's also meant to... It's very strong against barbarians in that when your heart is racing... It mm. pumps more of the poison. It pumps the poison more throughout your body. Right. So as it runs to him, so he tries. He ends up actually tackling Garion, who has basically lost the will to fight. He drops his sword. He tackles him and starts like rolling with him down this hill, and actually ends up like grabbing Garion by the throat with both his like hands. And even though he's losing strength, he's still like trying to choke the life out of Garion while shoving mm. his head under the water. Ooh. Like he's like trying to drown Garion. He's just so full of rage, but he's losing his strength, losing everything. And right. Garion, while he's drowning and panicking, picks up rocks. He's doing whatever he can. He's like trying to punch Sigmar. And as he's punching him, even though Sig- even though he's bigger than Sigmar, those punches are causing the poison to flow through his body more and more. Mm. And Sigmar continues to lose strength. And just mm. just before he can finally kill Garion, just before Garion, the last of Garion's life leaves him, Sigmar loses strength and collapses over into the water. And Garion, who is who is in his mind killed Sigmar. And has become even more delusional now because of chaos. Lifts Sigmar over his shoulders and throws the prince into the into the running river, where Sigmar is taken away by the water and just washed away. Mm. Damn. At this point, at this point, Garen's kind of you know losing his mind a little bit and may or may not become a demon prince mm. at some point. <laughs> but not Bellacor. No. I kind of I kind of expected that guy was gonna turn like come back and get violent and do some stuff like that. I didn't imagine Chaos was going to be involved. I thought he was just going to be kind of an edge war. Who would have thought Chaos would actually get a W from this one? Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys want to guess what happens to Bjorn? Uh, I'm going to assume that he does not have a very good time against the demons and the Vikings. 
Let's see. He wins and he becomes king and he lives happily ever after. And he makes yeah, a no. new son. <laughs> a new destiny child. 20 this of them, one. in fact. <laughs> they are, half of them are bald for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I've long maintained that's the reason why Horace flipped. He was no pattern every- baldness, man. Well, yeah, because he was looking at everybody else. He looks at all of his brothers and it's just like, you could have made me have hair. You chose for <laughs> me to not have hair. Well, you know, the funny thing is there was like one artwork of like when he was in like Sons of Horus armor, he actually had like hair. That's true. He looks like, like the, the Punisher in the old comics. He does. <laughs> he does. Short black hair. He looks stupid with hair. It doesn't work quite as well. So it that's why he turned to chaos. But... <laughs> Yeah, so that's why he turned to chaos. He saw himself with hair and he hated it even worse. <laughs> it um, wasn't one of the missing Primarchs that he looked into in that dream. It was his own tube. And he just saw himself with hair. And he hated it. <laughs> He's like, this is uh, what the Emperor wants. Me with hair. <laughs> the Emperor <laughs> lied to me. He made me have no hair. Then let the galaxy burn. So yeah. speaking of bad fathers, or I guess not bad fathers, Yearn's a decent dad, actually. He's going to say like he's a bad dad because he got wrecked. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, he did How dare you get wrecked hole. when you have your son out there floating oh. in a river? Is Sigmar any better? <laughs> I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, that was pretty bitchy of you, Sigmar. Like, didn't you come prepared like God? <laughs> How dare you? The audacity. So Sigmar climbs out of the river and he he has to be put on a very special chair for 10,000 years. Oh my god. (laughs) 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 So Bjorn actually does really well against the Viking demon worshipping bastards. Hmm. So So much so that he actually 1v1s the champion, like the leader of the Norsel tribe and wins. Huh. Glorious. Like he, like he cuts off his head. The problem, though, is that the Norsil do not respect the 1v1. Oh. <laughs> of course. That's, so, that's, uh, that's shameful. As, mm. <laughs> as soon as he kills the, like, the lord, as soon as he decapitates his head, he's immediately set upon by 30 of them at once. <laughs> oh, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. And they stab him, they club him, they rip him apart, literally. Oh. Oh, yep. And, and not always and in that son, order. Yeah, father <laughs> and son both die at the same time. The end. And so they went extinct. The end. <laughs> no, I'm I, no, because they don't die. They lived. <gasps> oh, of them lived. Gasp. Well, not 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 his dad. I mean. <laughs> oh, okay. So Sigmar uh, wakes up on the side of, of a riverbed on the, on the side of a shore, but it's not actually in his land. It's not like in Unbroken Lands. Mm-hmm. He actually wakes up in a very dreary, very dark location. And like all around him are like, will look like ghosts. Okay. And Sigmar kind of immediately puts two and two together that he's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm dead. That's, it's, that's great. It's some Thanks. weird afterlife shit. <laughs> Immediately. Oh, you think this is the afterlife? Himself. This is the waiting room. <laughs> it actually is. I'm not even lying with you. That is literally, it is basically the the waiting room. Oh, seriously? 
Yeah, he ends up he ends up in the realm of Moore. Moore is basically the uh, the human uh, Grim Reaper. He's the god of death, but he's not actually like a malicious god. He's very he's actually like a protector god. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because um, when a human dies, according to like the old their old beliefs, Moore is the one who actually keeps you from being consumed by chaos. Okay. So it's kind of like Anubis, essentially. Yeah. He yeah. Like, guides, cool. greets you, and guides you through the underworld, so that way, so you can reach your final destination. Would, so yeah. you'll become really a chaos be. puppet. And as the Sigmar is like walking through this, he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna die. This is probably death." And he realized there's like a large like gate on the other side, like at the end of this path that he's following, and that's the gate of more, which basically you have to pass through this gate, and it's basically like safe. It's basically it's per, the pearly gates. Basically, the, the path that he's in, the realm of Moor, is like the waiting room. You have to walk down this path and enter the gates to be safe from chaos. But until you pass those gates, chaos can kill you and capture you. Ah. As he quickly figures out, as just before he's able to pass into the gates, um, that same chaos lord his father killed appears before him. Ah. And I should mention that Sigmar is wearing what he weared when he died. So he's literally like Wearing like basic commoner clothes against a guy in a suit of armor wielding a flaming sword. Yeah. Hmm. I don't He's like the his one eyes. wearing the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> it's all slashed <laughs> up. <laughs> I was told it was popular. Why did so many people boo at me? It's this a rental. Of Sigmar. <laughs> That's it. I'm leaving. I'm gonna make my own Hawaiian. I'm, I'm gonna make my own Hawaiian uh, tiki place with strippers and poker. <laughs> <laughs> so the Chaos Lord tries to kill Sigmar. Like it, like it tells Sigmar that he is not fully dead. Like he is basically teetering on life and death. And this is basically where they're going to confirm his kill. Like if he can pass through the gates, he'll permanently he'll die. But it'll be safe from chaos. The chaos lord is going to kill him before he can even reach that point. And he basically tells Sigmar that if Sigmar lives, humanity has a chance. But as long as the but as long as chaos is around, but as long as Sigmar is dead, chaos can succeed. Right. It's very expositioning, and I don't like it. But you know, nah, classic G. Should have just called him the anathema and moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Sigmar is, you know, parrying, he's pivoting his attacks, but again, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and there's a guy in power with a flaming <laughs> sword. There's only so much you can do. <laughs> so again, just before he's about to die, the sword gets blocked. It's a very common theme of sending you with Sigmar. Oh, yeah. But the person who blocks that swing is actually his father. Ooh. Because Ooh. his dad also died. That's true. Ah, right. So his dad blocks a swing, and the Chaos Lord is immediately like stunned, like, "What the hell? You're here too!" And the and Sig- Bjorn is immediately like, "I killed you once. I'll kill you again." Carry <laughs> <laughs> this, you filthy casual. <laughs> <laughs> now again, Chaos does not respect the one v ones because <laughs> Chaos Lord immediately starts summoning demons into the realm of war. <laughs> this literally forced Sigmar again in a Hawaiian shirts. To fight along back to back with his father against <laughs> demons and a chaos lord. But the thing is, Sigmar's dad doesn't respect the one v ones either. <laughs> hey, Basically, in, a, in something that's very straight out of Lord of the Rings, to the point that it may as well be parody, 
the ghosts that are like wandering through this realm that have basically like not paid attention to Sigmar, they start turning their heads and like looking at Bjorn and Sigmar. Like it's basically like these walking like ghosts that walk around that they don't acknowledge you, they don't make sound. They're literally just like ghosts on their own journey to the afterlife. And right. to you, you appear the same way as like they look like themselves and you appear like a ghost to them. It's very much like you're on your own journey. Everyone's like their own little their everyone's their own ghost. You're right. That is that is basically plagiarizing Lord's Face. Mm-hmm. And these ghosts, no, it gets worse because these ghosts like look at look at Sigmar and Bjorn who are fighting these demons, and they rematerialize their human physical forms. Wow! Because these ghosts are the same like warriors that fall alongside Sigmar's father Bjorn against the Norsell. So they like <laughs> regain physical form, and because they die with weapons and armor in their hand, they immediately start joining these two people. <laughs> It's literally Lord of the Rings. Tell us you plagiarized Lord of the Rings without telling us you plagiarized Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so naturally, because of the heroes and Sigmar can read the script, they win. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because he has the power of plot armor. <laughs> yes. Um, so he wins. Like He defeats the Norsil tribe. The demons are, are defeated. Um, and as the warriors are like passing into the uh, like losing their armor, turning back and passing through the gates, um, Sigmar is like wa- like he's running with his father to the gate as he's gonna pass through, and Bjorn actually stops him and says, "No, your place is not like your place is not in the afterlife. Your place belongs back in the mortal world." Mm-hmm. And Bjorn actually removes his ceremonial like uh, pendant, like his necklace, and places on the Sigmar, basically pres- telling Sigmar that he is now the king of the Umbarogan tribe. Right. And he, he leaves his son. He passes through the gates. And it's at that moment that Sigmar basically wakes up within his uh, within the hut of his of his village, having been saved by their uh their shamans and their priests mm. and oh. yeah, somebody fished him out of the river. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a big one. We got a big one. <laughs> She's alive oh. one here. <laughs> <laughs> He's been impaled. Uh, get some leaves. Get some leaves and some mud. <laughs> he feels cold. Put him in the fire. <laughs> no, not on the fire. Just near it. Have a real oh, rescue situation going on. Throw an apple in his mouth. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> Remember, spin around and around slowly. <laughs> Just wakes up. What the hell's going on? Um, barbecue. <laughs> Sigma Q. Food, food. Yes, yes. Sigmar just waking up and being like, all right, a lot happened. It's a bit of a long story. The thing to remember is I'm in charge now. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Trust me, my dad said so. (laughs) Wait, how did you become king? It was revealed to me in a dream. (laughs) Uh, Can you verify that source? Trust me, I made it up. (laughs) Was the source (sighs) peer-reviewed? Sigmar just wakes up. Okay. None of you guys are going to believe what just happened to me. <laughs> and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. <laughs> uh, also, I should mention that when Sigmar awakes, he actually is wearing the same pendant that his father gave him. Right. Because supernatural spiritual crap. Well, it's magic. Yeah, you've got to explain it. Just Still magic. a better explanation than the stupid force dyad crap they pulled in Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, yeah, we could do, you can do whole wasting. episodes about that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes me upset. 
a lot of things. Oh wait, wait, wait. I know, I know, I know. Space wolves. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dustpans. Who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll contain the vitriol. So Sigmar. <laughs> It is very much like, all right, guys, listen, I'm in charge now. <laughs> because look at me, look at me, I am the king now. <laughs> <laughs> because while those um, five tribes did technically like stop the Norsel invasion, it did not stop them from like still being a thing. Yeah, and Sigmar did not like that. So his main <laughs> response was, "All right, everyone who can pick a sword is picking up a sword." Oh boy, <laughs> this is the Imperial Guard era. I mean, it's pretty accurate because he immediately started like weaponizing everyone, yep. and he immediately was like, "All right, let's go." Oh, by the way, tribes near me, you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> you owe my father a debt. Your father's debt. You owe me a debt. <laughs> and uh, so were your children, and your children's children's, and your children's 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 children's. <laughs> I need you to send me every villager you have. Which ones? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't do this to every tribe, but he does this to the ones that like already sent forces and like some that he had like good relations with because you know he was basically carrying the team. He's basically carrying humanity on his back. He is carrying. the king. He's gonna need a chiropractor before this is all over. <laughs> Literally. Oh, I should mention he's like in, he's still like in, in he's still like in his teens. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's done more as a teenager than any of us will do in our life. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, your in excuse? All, in all fairness, we're not destiny children. So. <laughs> we weren't born under a two-tailed comet covered yep. in the blood of orcs and great warriors. <laughs> there is no destiny for us. <laughs> no dwarf ever gave me a, a sick war hammer. <laughs> um, so Sigmar Amelia is like, alright, well, the Norsil were like the Norsil were basically stopped, like they were halted their advance, right? And like normally that would be enough for like some people, like sometimes like, okay, we've stopped them in advance, and that's good enough. Sigmar was like, Oh, they stopped advancing, it's our turn. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and it went very quickly from like, Oh, they had a fit, they it was a stalemate to oh, this is a one sided murder of everyone, <laughs> like Sigmar, like. Based the same tactics he used against the beastmen and the orcs, he used against them because he seen them as no different. Like you're just as animalistic and barbarian as them. That's like I will all set, you have you know? is a hammer, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it it was I will set fire to your houses and while you and while you like flee from it, I will cut you down. Yeah. Hey, it's effective. Oh, I should also mention one of my favorite tactics Sigmar uses is he let them retreat, like he let no, on some Norsel forces retreat to find mm. out where their like fleet was, and then mm. just as their forces were about to go on it, he set them ablaze. Nah, yeah. glorious, yeah. classic. Like it was very much like I'm going to chase you to the shore, and then I'm going to chase you further still. <laughs> <laughs> Like for reference, uh, if you guys can see the map again, um, like Norsil is the very like northern part of the empire. They had to flee across the ocean, like across a sea of claws, to get to what is now what is called Norska, and that's oh, where they yeah, ended okay. up. I see. Like he literally chased them off the continent across the ocean into what is basically Norway. As you do, as you do, as you do. 
So, you know, again, he's a fucking teenager doing this bullshit. <laughs> he's a very magical teenager. Yes, yes, chosen child and whatnot. So, you know, Sigmar commits genocide. Just just As casually. You As you do. <laughs> In Warhammer. It's just another Tuesday. <laughs> on, on top of that, because of what he did, he actually united the tribes that came with him. Like, you know, the ones he basically, like, hamstrung along with him together, like, under him. Like, it wasn't yeah. so much like, oh, we're serving you, but it's very much like, oh, we are your sworn brothers now. Like, we are with you. He just you decided, did the impossible. Like, most, you know, united like, the clans. Yeah, like, he just determined, he was like, you know, most of each of your tribes is going to get wiped out in the next battle. So what if we just merged everything? <laughs> Look, let's just admit it. I'm fucking Sigmar. Surrender. <laughs> My dad said so in a dream. <laughs> he said so in a dream once. <laughs> Trust me, I made it up. So this is where things kind of start to taper off a little bit. Sigmar becomes, you know, he becomes a king now. He's basically gotten his vengeance. He's leading. He's ruling his his province, his territory that's expanding. It's growing. And because of all this that's gone on, and like all the you know the general peace time that has now followed, naturally Warhammer has to kick Sigmar again in the balls after he just sat down. Of course, <laughs> because we can't have nice things. Remember? Well, Absolutely. yeah, very true. So Sigmar, <laughs> like that, like that, like I said, he's made alliances with with all the tribes that he can. He's made allegiances with them, but naturally, the world naturally the world doesn't stop turning because Sigmar wants to come home. He's chilled out a little bit. He's gotten like he's gotten some years under his belt where he's king, where he's like the new king. He's made stronger alliances, more ties, even with the other like other tribes, the other like effectively kingdoms at this point. But his predominant like alliance is always the dwarves, which might bite him in the ass because the dwarves are gonna call upon repaying that debt that Sigmar kind of owes them a little bit. Uh oh. Uh, yes, uh, 15,000 gallons of ale, uh, 20,000 tons of uh, coal and timber, and yes, this keeps going on and on and on. Oh, you can't pay oh, no, time. No, 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 they need Guess bodies. What? They need bodies to solve a problem. <laughs> oh, it, oh, yes, and uh, a quarter of a million men to fight. <laughs> this is where it just gets revealed that uh, there were no banks before the dwarves. The dwarves invented banking, and all of a sudden, everybody's <laughs> screwed now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't repay your debt? Guess what? That's a token, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you defaulting on your loan? Guess what? You're going on the list, baby. <laughs> You're right. going to Skaven Blight now. <laughs> Throw him in the hole. <laughs> Cause a no, landslide. I should... <laughs> I should mention, though, for the dwarves. Like, if you guys can see the map, the dwarves have basically like, colonized the entire like mountain range like to like the right side of the map. All that Very mountain good. range is like full of like dwarf castles and like dwarf territory. Fantastic. Yes. Including, and like most of the mountain ranges besides that, that kind of fork off that those are also like dwarven holds and shit. But there's a thing though, you might not be able to see it because the, the quality is obviously awful. But there's actually a small little gap between the mountains. Like there's a small little pass. And this small little gap between the mountains connects what is the old world to the dark lands of the east. Yeah, I can't uh, see any of that. I have no idea barely. what I'm looking at. Don't worry barely. about it. I didn't even just, know those just... were mountains. <laughs> I thought those were forests. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, regardless, realize that those, tree, that, that those trees are actually mountains. But there's like a small little gap between them that connects them to the east side of the map. That is called the Badland, or the Darkland, sorry. 
And that is basically where orcs come from. Okay. It's also full of like goblins and like ogre, like the ogre kingdoms live there. Is it just like whenever you see lands that are dominated by orcs in Lord of the Rings? Pretty much. Okay. You know, the orcs are there. And because basically all the orcs in what is the old world's territory, like what is the empire's territory, are basically gone. A lot of the orcs to the east are basically like, Oi, that's free real estate there, mate. Oi. Um, a lot of orc clans start actually gathering together under a single uh, black orc war boss. And are actually making advancements to actually move westward. And a lot of dwarfs are like realizing, oh no, oh no. <laughs> that's like uh, more that's more orcs than we've ever seen. <laughs> ever. We're gonna go over I and believe- we're gonna crump all those dudes in the mountain, and then the dwarves are just sitting there going, Oh god, that's me. <laughs> I believe they actually captured a dwarven diplomat and sent him and let him and let him return back. But with a single, uh, with a single like uh, phrase, and that is that the east is green. <laughs> Yikes! The east is green, and the caverns are gray. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes. So the dwarves are like, "Hey, uh, humans, you owe us like for all the weapons we gave you. Uh, uh, we you need wanna... that payment now." <laughs> now. Sigmar and me is like, okay, well, I obviously made a deal with you. You've done so much. I, me and my sworn tribes will come to you. But the problem is that a lot of other tribes are like, yeah, no. no, I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> nope. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, there no. were some tribes that like joined out of like, look, ours is like right in the way. Like, you guys are on the other side. So like, they're going to come to us, and then they're going to come to you. We're just going <laughs> to join you because uh, we're kind of in the way. We got, we're kind of screwed. Yeah. So while uh, some tribes did Sigmar would actually have to basically perform his own like t- twelve labors of Hercules to like earn the favor of the other tribes? Oh yeah, because now I'm not gonna go over them shit. because we're already fucking like pushing it. But what I will say <laughs> is that he got an army of basically cavalry from a woman named Freya because he decided, he, and all she wanted in return for the chariots or the cavalry was for Sigmar to sleep with her. Uh, Oh, oh right. such an awful, such an awful deal! Oh no, how will he ever do this? Well, she's gonna. I should mention that she was said to be sons. like gorgeous. She was basically meant to be like she was basically described as being like an Amazonian like warrior like woman. Right. Sounds like his so, type like, of lady. I'm, yeah. I'm not like I'm not even like I'm not expecting like her to be unattractive in any way, shape, or form. She was secretly an orc, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I should also mention that another one, another um, king, like another a fellow king named Sigurd, um, he wanted he wanted uh, Sigmar to uh, to hunt down and kill a dragon ogre. A dragon oh. ogre. One of the hy- one of those hybrids. Yeah. If you That's go horrific. back to episode two, which explains what is Warhammer Fantasy, the old world and beyond. Yeah, the general episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, basically imagine like a dragon's like imagine like you know the lower body of a dragon. So, like it's it's like it's got four legs of a dragon, yeah. and then like its upper torso is like an ogre. It's like a dragon minotaur, but its top half is an ogre. Yeah, you'd think I would remember that part. <laughs> yeah, this thing's been like terror- terrorizing this guy's like area, and he's like, "Oh, Sigmar, go kill it." <laughs> and Sigmar's like, "Oh my fuck, okay, fine. You know what?" Fine, oh, I will do it myself. 
and he fuck and he kills a dragon or he puts it down, which I don't even again. He's got a fucking anime character bullshit powers, but he's like so cool and loose back around to being awesome. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Even though it he doesn't kill- really match the physical description, I'm as soon as you brought that up, for whatever reason, my brain just like autocorrected. It's like, oh, it's just Trogdor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was, just ima- I was just imagining like a beefy Conan guy in the peasant clothes fighting Trogdor. <laughs> oh. oh my god! So Sigmund returns the singer with the head of this fucking thing, which is said to be like massive. So I don't fucking know. And he yeah, fucking like gives in. Sigmund's like, "Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> sure, oh, yeah." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So you know he's he's doing his thing. <laughs> um, anime hero bullshit. <laughs> yes, this is the last one I'll do though. This one's fucking cool. This one's like my hero one, maybe. Yeah, but maybe. go for it. So there's this other king. This one has been raiding. This one was raiding the Unbrokens for a while, but basically he decided, you know what? I'm just gonna fucking like I'm just gonna fucking just chill here. Like I'm gonna be like just chilling. Go like, fuck you. I'm chilling. And he basically like sets up a fortress, which is said to be like a massive tower to the god Ulfric or Ulfric. So I'm getting fucking confused with fucking. Uh, we were talking about Skyrim a couple days ago, and I have Ulfric stone cloak on my mind. <laughs> but they um one of their one of the patron gods of the uh, of the old world men is Ulfric, who is a god of W's because he is the environment of winter. Of war okay. and wolves. <laughs> All right. That is a very specific god. <laughs> He's kind of like their Odin combined with their Ares. I thought when you said like God of W's, like it was like he's the most powerful. <laughs> like everything he does is a W. Because all he does is win, 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 yeah. no matter what. <laughs> the followers, so... they begged me, please, Mr. God, we can't take any more winning. <laughs> And all I do was win. <laughs> so um, they basically build this massive temple to Ulfric to like protect themselves. Yeah. And uh, because uh, wow, Sigmar's traveling around trying to like unite all these clans and tribes together, he goes to them and they base and they're at the top of this tower and there's this like massive flame to the god. And they're like, "Fuck you, like, like fuck you. What are you gonna do? You can't do anything." So Sigmar's like bet, and he started climbing the fucking like sheer cliff of this tower. <laughs> and then he like again, his total labors are fucking Hercules. He gets to the top, and the top is like the champion, the leader of this tribe, and he's like dressed in like a wolfskin pelt. He's a fucking like champion of all. I like Ulfric. He has this massive like flame in the middle to the god Ulfric, <laughs> and. It's like, oh, okay, well, you're here. You know what? We want, let's throw down then. Like, if you beat me, you take over my tribe. When Sigmar's like, fucking let's do it. And despite the fact that Sigmar can beat a dragon ogre, uh, he actually gets, like, tossed around a little bit. <laughs> like, surprisingly. But that's because Ulfric, like, he's basically like a champion of Ulfric, so he has, like, superhuman strength and bullshit. And he actually yeah. throws Sigmar into the flames of Ulfric. Oh, God. Now, what happened? Now, I'm going to ask Gary, what happened the last time someone stepped into the flame of a god? Well, let's see. There were two. One actually turned into basically uh, Doomslayer Elf, and the other one became an Anakin Crisp. (laughs) 
So Sigmar becomes the first one, basically. Yes, he, yes. He emerges out of the flames of Ulfric, basically unscathed, and it's implied that he basically consumes some of Ulfric's like power mm-hmm. into him and into the hammer of Galmaraz. And the champion of Ulfric realizing, oh no, oh no, I done <laughs> fucked up. It's impossible. <laughs> I Bet. can't believe it took him that long. Like you would imagine just from the offset of telling Sigmar, I'm not going to do what you want. I'm just going to do my own thing. You can deal with it. You'd figure that would be enough for him to go, maybe that was a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because let's not forget, like, Sigmar can read five pages ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sigmar immediately shatters his skull. <laughs> I don't even need the hammer for it. <laughs> <sighs> and he immediately conquers their tribe again there's 12 lab- laborers all the tribes he basically does like some bullshit to convince them right. in some cases he just fucks the girl but that's besides the point again what kind of time frame are we talking about with these 12 Hercules laborers because uh, clearly with the with the east being green the dwarves don't really have that much time on their hands um, like within a year hot damn it's, it took Hercules a number of years to do his yeah like I, I know was, it like doesn't take I might be lying. Give me a second. I think it's fuck. What is it? It's like not a long period of time. It's like only a like if anything, it's like a handful of years. That's like the most I'd be willing to like give. All right, we're we'll talking up the anime hero bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's Look, anime hero bullshit. Enough, you can do anything. I know he was like generally older though. Like he was in his. He was he was not a teen anymore. Hang on, I might be blind. He might be older, but I know that it's like a couple. I, okay, I'm confident to say it's a couple years. I know he's like probably close to 30. He's in his 20s at least. That's right. the most I'm willing to give. Well, shoot, he's done more in his 20s and 30s than any of us have done. I imagine we're all yeah, around right. the same age. He's so not even 30 yet. Seems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's not well, even 30 like, yet. Well, like, as we've mentioned, my excuse is that I can't read the script, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I don't have plot armor <laughs> or a dick the size of a dragon ogre. <laughs> so Sigmar basically has his army now and he immediately like leads it to the dwarves. But because of how long it took him to basically unite all the oh, I should mention two tribes refused, like adequately refused to join Sigmar. And because of how short of a time span Sigmar had, he basically could not like bring them to heal. So it was basically like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll just leave. You know? We'll deal with that when we get to I should mention that one of these tribes is called the Bretoni. And they would actually travel oh. east, uh, westward to eventually become what is known as Bretonia. Um, that sounds like the uh, surly night that Astro and I kind of ran into on the way back to the tavern. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. You can tell by yeah. the accent. Mm. Yeah, they asked. They asked. Yeah, they basically Sigmar asked them for help, and they said no, and then ditched because they were like the safest possible place. But they decided we're going to be even safer if we go on this side of the mountains. <laughs> yep, that sounds exactly like that surly night that we met earlier. Yeah, <laughs> good at covering his angles. Very good at covering his angles. <laughs> Regardless, Sigmar makes his way to the dwarven, like uh, to basically dwarven fort, and the dwarves are like shocked by how many humans are here like there's more like there's so many humans that they're almost that they're almost like horrified to a to a point like it's right. the only it's like you don't right. realize oh, what, how oh, many there are all of a sudden? <laughs> 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 like, 
Like, you ever, like, had those numbers where it's like, do you ever realize how many ants there are on Earth? And your immediately thought is, oh, my God, they're fucking everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's basically the same thought process where it's almost, like, scary how many humans there are. And more importantly, how many humans a single human brought to heal. Like, he brought all of them to his to his aid. So it's kind of like, and, so that's like the parallel back to 40k. It was just like, there was just an ungodly amount of humans in the yeah. 40k galaxy. Yeah. One of my favorite, <laughs> uh, my favorite details, I, I forget which book it's in. It's in one of the Horus Heresy ones where it's, uh, it's after Magnus, uh, does nothing wrong and doesn't, <laughs> and doesn't ruin everything. And the, the emperor's just fighting like a losing retreat in the webway. And he just, he was contacting segmentums and just saying, look, I need like six billion guardsmen. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they have. I just need six billion bodies and I need that like next month. Because he was just like plugging up holes with ungodly amounts of guardsmen bodies. (laughs) That sounds about right. So and then, the we, and we don't mean metaphorically. We mean literally. Actually, pluck up the guardsman oh, bodies. Just, <laughs> just, just right in the hole. You might be a demon. You might be crazy powerful. But if there's like five thousand bodies jammed into a hallway, you're gonna have some trouble. I mean, that's actually pretty accurate because that's exactly what the dwarves and humans decided to do. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. clog up the meat grinder, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, you know that pass that connects the uh, the old world <laughs> to the east. Oh, very yes. slim pass. <laughs> <laughs> that's called the Black Fire Pass, and it's actually about two miles wide. Oof. That's a lot of so, bodies. Yeah. So the concept was okay. Well, dwarves literally like tore down rocks, like basically created like artificial landslides mm-hmm. to create like uh, makeshift um, like barricades and fortresses yeah. alongside the inside of the pass, so you could like kind of hide there and take refuge. But sure. the idea was like for just a wall of humans and dwarves just. <laughs> Hold the fucking line. Hold the line! Literally, no one passes this mark. And there's a moment where they witness all the orcs coming. Mm-hmm. And Sigmar has a mix of fear and, like, excitement rushing through him. Because they said that there are over a million orcs. Oh, yeah. Only a million. I, oh, yes. Only a million in a fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, Warhammer gets a bit weird with numbers. GW, like Ray, does not have a good track record with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should also mention that they are being led by the single most metal fucking album cover ever. Because leading them is a black orc riding on the back of a wyvern wielding oh. a flaming green sword. Oh, that's oh. incredible. Oh. Tell me there's concept art of this. <laughs> Isn't that fucking cool? Oh, that's crazy. That's just badass. Where is it? Um, I can't find it, you motherfucker. But yes, this orc is just fucking riding in the back of me. He's leading this charge. Now, to skim the details because it's a battle, and I might get into the actual battle itself. Ooh. All you need to know is there's a battle in, in a fantasy series. So, you know, tugging back and forth, tugging back and forth, tugging back and forth. People are dying. Orcs are dying. There's a lot of fucking blood involved. And eventually there's a whole point where they're actually like starting to lose ground. Like they are losing ground. Right. Sigmar is like summoning. Sigmar is having that warrior queen that he had sex with. She's like leading cavalry charges. He has those guys, (laughs) those, um, those sons of Ulfric, those, those, uh, did he lose whose leader he beat? 
They basically mm. like drugged up on like basically fantasy shrooms that they turned into, like mindless berserkers. <laughs> He's having them lead. He's having like all this like fucking just mania that's going on. Very and Sigmar has like a like a it's like a saving private Ryan moment where he sees all the bloodshed and chaos, and he realizes, <laughs> "Oh, we are losing." Whoops! And he's having like, oh, and I should mention his friends are here, like Wolfgard and and Pendrag are still here, and they're like pulling, mm-hmm. and they're, like, "We need to get out of here. We need to retreat." And Sigmar realizes <laughs> that they're all like rallying around him, like they're waiting on his word, on his very breath. Yeah. And he realizes that the decisions he makes, he will decide like whether this is a victory or a defeat. Mm-hmm. And Sigmar decides that he's going to decide. That it's a victory by looking at, by examining the battlefield, seeing the highest concentration of orcs running onto one of these massive, like makeshift fortresses of rocks and leaping into the middle of the highest amount of orcs ever and oh. just fucking swinging. And because <laughs> he is like the linchpin of the army, every single like individual's like, oh my god, our commander, go to our commander, he's right there. Like, come <laughs> to his aid, he's going to die. Poor Frodo. <laughs> and, like, Frodo but middle. if Frodo was like a huge badass and bigger than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it was. It was for Sigmar because like he, like you just seen a barbarian like leap into the middle of an orc horde and he's like fighting by himself. Like he's swinging him with the <laughs> warhammer. He's beating the shit out of them. Like you're not going to be like oh my god we need to help him. Like oh my god. Like we need to go now. We need to help him. <laughs> And this fight like becomes such like a hectic, chaotic mess. It act and it's so like almost like mindless in like how barbaric it is. And mm-hmm. especially Sigmar's like basically suicidal a charge that it creates yeah. just enough chaos and anarchy for the humans to like almost like cut a path into the middle of the orc force and like push them against the wall, which naturally creates like an opening in the middle of the pass. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a challenge, like an open like arena. For Sigmar and the Black Orc to face each other. Oh, and yeah. so as the wild is coming down, Sigmar takes his hammer and fucking just takes it in the head and brings it down. <laughs> oh, and then man. you have Sigmar 1v1ing the Black Orc who just was running on top of the Wyvern with a flaming green sword. And this is once again like a duel for the ages as humans and dwarves are fighting against the orcs, like the, like the over a million orcs. You can see in the background is Sigmar, this like god among men, this warrior god given form, is fighting against this massive, like, smarter, tougher, stronger, black orc. <laughs> Until eventually, at the very end, Sigmar swings underhand and just immediately breaks its head from under its jaw and oh. shouting exploding its head upwards. Mm. And the battle yeah, shall be legend. Wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the next word is dairy. Legendary. <laughs> You'll love to see and After witnessing this, a lot of the orcs, again, fly into a panic. Like, oh my god, he just killed him. Run. <laughs> or they start, like, routing. Or they start turning each other. Like, oh, well, he's just a one-word boss. I could be the one. It's basically, like, because there's so many orcs, this becomes their weakness. Like, the Skaven. Right. Where they immediately start fighting against each other as well as having to, like, <laughs> retreat against the humans and the dwarves. And so it's basically, like, oh... We're gonna this like half a million orcs are gonna retreat, but they're running into a wall of another half a million orcs. <laughs> oh man. Uh good old orc ridiculousness. Yes, and they are and Sigmar, he's like die he's like basically dying from all the exhaustion from like bleeding, and he still continues to lead the charge against the orcs. Oh, he's, yeah, he's not like finished. running on just he's running on spite and adrenaline alone. He's just so angry. <laughs> 
You wouldn't like Sigmar when he's angry. <laughs> and they literally like purged so many orcs that they basically like kept the orcs out of. Okay, this was basically Ulanor of right. Yeah, ah, like after it this is. event, the orcs no longer become like a major threat to the empire. <laughs> <laughs> they're an endless nuisance, but they're just no longer the big bad. Now, after Sigmar ends the orcs in the most badass way possible, he's given a second to, you know, take a breath. The great Krugan Ironbeard approaches <laughs> Sigmar. I was about to ask if he was going to come back in, into play. Oh, he was fucking fighting alongside Sigmar. He was like, fucking throw me. It was like, he's fucking going in there like a little ball. <laughs> he comes up, he comes up to Sigmar at the end of the battle. He just says, Sigmar, truly, you were the Warhammer fantasy all along. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the real Warhammer fantasy was the friends we made along the way. Along the way. <laughs> oh my god, Ooh. speaking of the friends we made along the way, they're basically all dead. Yeah. It's not so, it's not a real apocalyptic battle if there's no loss. Yeah, like a lot of people died, obviously. And <laughs> including one of like the tribe like one of the tribe kings. So in case you're keeping track, like basically all of Sigmar's competition is dead. Mm. <laughs> not all of them, but like a good portion oh, yeah, of the competition is dead. Um, well, it was actually a dec- it was actually one of the de- more decent ones, yeah. but as but regardless, Sigmar kind of uh, there's basically like, this big funeral pyre for like all the bodies to be like lit on fire in between like the Blackfire Pass mm-hmm. to basically be like an almost celebratory like you know they've died for us, but let's light this place on fire and like demonstrate mm-hmm. just what we can do like a yeah, giant a big, flame. Like, commemorative show so to speak. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And at the end of it, the uh, dwarves actually approach Sigmar and they make a huge event of it as they actually present Sigmar with the first crown of the Empire Ooh. and name Sigmar the Emperor of Mankind. Mm. Awesome. Mind I should also mention that alone. I should also mention that at this point Sigmar was like thirty. This is this would be his thirtieth. This is like his thirtieth year, basically. It was his birthday. The day of the battle. <laughs> it was his birthday, and this was the best birthday present ever. Oh, it actually gets a lot better. Well, not really, but <laughs> they give Sigmar the crown. He puts on. He becomes the emperor. But the dwarves don't stop there. In return for like what the humans did, all of the remaining like all the remaining like kings, or you know. Their heirs, if their heirs are present, are actually given what are called the 12 rune fangs. Each one of these rune fangs is basically one is basically a dwarven sword of it's basically like a Valyrian steel sword in, in Game of Thrones. Okay. Mm. Very rare, very mystical, very unusually powerful. Yes, I should also mention it's made out of that like fantasy male bullshit Romneal and yeah. dragon scales. <laughs> Oh, nice. So it is, like, fucking insanely powerful. <laughs> I guess insanely rare. It's, like, indestructible in every way, shape, or form. But Sigmar, uh, as his first declaration as emperor, he says that there shall be no kings. Like, it's not right for one king to rule above other kings. Like, you can't have that. So instead, he basically... It's more of a demotion than a promotion. But he basically declares that every single king under him should become a count. Okay. Like basically, yeah, and mm. he will become the emperor above them, and each one of them will become his counts, and each count will get a rune fang, and Sigmar keeps the crown and the hammer. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
So kind of like okay. uh, Aegon's conquest of Westeros, all the previous kings from the Seven Kingdoms were demoted to lords. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Does the um, uh, Does the crown have any like particular powers? It's literally just the crown. That's just the crown. Okay. I'm sure yeah. it's a very nice one though. Yes, it's a very nice one. A very nice crown on a very nice Sigmar head. Yeah. <laughs> but naturally, Sigmar becomes you know the emperor. He ends up like industrializing the entire emperor and like the entire like realm. He builds roads, you know, does all the things that a typical emperor does to make his empire good. There isn't really much else that happens. I mean, Sigmar gets controlled by Nagash. He almost kills his best friend. He kills Nagash. Um, you know, free uneventful stuff. Of course, Nagash being Nagash, he just opts to not reap himself. So, (laughs) what was that, Astro? Hmm? What did you say? I was laughing. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's like the most eventful thing that also happens after he becomes king. But for the most part, he rules wisely and well up until his fiftieth oh. birthday, or up until his uh his eightieth birthday, rather. <laughs> I think it's so fucking like, insane that Conan the Barbarian lived to eighty. But you know, that's just me. So, like in contemporary like books and stuff like that, or or whatever. I guess it wouldn't be contemporary books because they don't do old world anymore, right? Uh, no, but uh, go ahead. Keep asking your question. Oh, no, I was just curious. So, like, it, is it just that even though he has the position that he has, there's just kind of a much more of a limitation on what he can do in the realm than compared to, say, what the emperor was able to do in the universe when he was walking around? Oh, no, because this is where things actually get really interesting because... Yeah. Sigmar's story doesn't end here, technically. Or rather, okay. the emperor, the Empire's story doesn't end here, because this is actually the, the 50th year of the Empire's reign. But in Warhammer Fantasy present, it's actually the 2026th, or two, two, yeah, 2600s, basically. Okay. So, Ooh. yeah, so this is actually like 2,500 years in the past of like the present era. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So what happens on Sigmar's 80th birthday? The old senile barbarian king, probably like too mentally broken from, you know, getting hit in the head one too many times. But <laughs> Snake gets out of bed, puts on his armor, and leaves. Like he just walks away. <laughs> he doesn't say where he's going. He just walks away. Put the shit out of it leaves. <laughs> now, Everyone assumed that the king was, like, leaving to, like, die. Like, oh, he's going to die. He doesn't want to, like, plague us with his death. But here's the thing, though. While he was gone, he didn't seem, like, senile. He didn't seem weak. In fact, he Mm -hmm. seemed, like, he seemed old, but he seemed, like, a strong old man. Like, he's 80, but he seems like, yeah, he's a strong man. Like his father. And Yeah. And it's actually revealed later, or it's not revealed later, but um, while they're waiting for, like, Sigmar's, like, to return or something to happen... A priest called the priest of Ar Uric arrives. It's basically like a high priest of the Church of Uric, who, who, um, who, you know, the god of W's. <laughs> basically, he arrives in the capital of the empire where Sigmar had been ruling, and he's like, he's stark raving mad. But he mm-hmm. says that he had seen Sigmar like walk past him, and he tried to talk to him, but Sigmar refused to listen. And he said that he's seen Sigmar talking to um, a man. Who looked very similar to his god Ul- Ulrich, but then he said that um, Sigmar kneeled, and Ulrich placed his own crown on top of uh, Sigmar's head, and when Sigmar rose up, 
he became he basically ascended to godhood and vanished. Okay. Mm. Now, interesting. Did, did this actually happen, or did this crazy old man like break into? Was it just a, a crazy old man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be kind of weird for him to ascend to godhood and then just like disappear, as opposed oh, to he did. You know, doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. It seems strange. Almost Apparently... like an old guy just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that Sigmar mantled Ulfric's position. Like, yeah. Ulfric was our, like, because of how civilized the Empire was getting, Ulfric wasn't being prayed to as much. Like, the gods mm. of winter, W, and wolves, like, really specific things. Yeah, he wasn't getting, like, the wor- Yeah, he wasn't getting, like, worship and praise at Sigmar, a living... A living man who literally came back to life like a fucking Jesus allegory. Mm-hmm. Who stopped demons, who stopped orcs, who did all these amazing things. He's going to be like, he's going to be like worshipped. So the idea mm-hmm. is that uh, Ulfric put, um, he stepped down divinity and gave it to uh, to Sigmar. Or at the very least, like Sigmar like wrestled power or like he didn't wrestle power. That sounds antagonistic, but it's very much like I'm taking your position as head of the pantheon. Yeah. He yeah. just ba- he danced with him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that mm. is the origin of Sigmar and the origin of the Empire. Truly, the greatest factions. Absolutely, Truly. humans are great. Yes, yes, but dwarves are better, except for the Bretoni who fucking ditched because they didn't want to be bothered. Yeah, I imagine that's, we'll that's cover a, them at another point. <laughs> that's a real L of an origin story. <laughs> Metal. <laughs> we need help fighting the orcs. It's the biggest orcs we ever fought. Help us! You'll get a cool ass bomb ass sword. You get to join the empire, and we can all no. be friends. <laughs> nah, dog. I'm good. <laughs> then peace out. <laughs> oh man. Well, this was a fun story. Agreed. Yeah, that was great. And the games <sighs> were way easier to follow than anything else. Yes. <laughs> It's because I gave you a a, pic, a map with four pixels on it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that map carried the whole stretch of lore. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. You can track Sigmar's movement as he moves through the land. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking seconds. of carrying, um, Ray, do you have those uh, chains? We need to borrow them again. Because uh, oh, here oh. comes those guards going after. Oh, have you seen him? Hide him! Hide him! Hide him! <laughs> He wasn't here, officers. Yeah, absolutely. We promise.